Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 81 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. Yep, back for another episode. Back for another fun episode. This this time it will be fun. Yes, it will be. Sony. (laughs) And we have some fun news, I guess. Yeah, so the... uh, a decent amount of stuff happened all at once. Uh, Nintendo announced a bunch of stuff overnight, which was kind of weird. The first one I didn't even write on here. It was Tetris 99 has been getting a bunch of uh, like weird skin updates, and they put a, a Ring Fit Adventure skin in Tetris 99 for some reason. Oh, okay. I don't know why they they like put that out as like a two minute trailer, and that's weird. Um. But yeah, they also put out a trailer. I'm going to go kind of out of order here because they they put out a trailer for Mario Maker 2's final update. And I've actually I've been watching a lot of Mario Maker 2 on Twitch the past couple days since this update came out. Uh, So they, they did say that it will be the final update for mario maker 2 which is kind of strange because it i feel like it didn't have as many as the original yeah i i don't know there's there's something just weird about that where it just didn't take off the same way yeah and so like the last update which was the first major one outside of fixing some of the multiplayer stuff was they added that like zelda stuff yes which that was December. it just kind of like came out of nowhere in december i believe yeah, so this one is pretty crazy because it adds in uh, like seven or eight power-ups from 3D World uh, where like you can uh, have the like weird floaty block on your head. You can have the gun thing on your head and a couple other things. Uh, they added the frog suit for Super Mario Brothers 3, so that makes it uh, swimming levels easier and more fun. Mm. But the main thing they did was add a Super Mario Brothers 2 mushroom that allows Mario to become uh, Mario Brothers 2 Mario, and so then he can like pick shit up like he does in that game. So the levels you can make with that are insane. Uh, I have seen people do buck wild stuff. <laughs> now, do you think that's bigger than allowing people to make basically worlds and basically make their own game now? Uh, yeah, just because this actually is a gameplay difference. Right. And like allows for more crazy shit. Whereas they also added in the world update, which basically just makes it so that you can collect a series of levels together and... Uh, make your own game quote unquote it's called like world maker and so like if i made it it would be like super manatron world or whatever your username is or something uh and then it allows you to like make a world map with like six ish different themes and while i do think that is cool i'm still like kind of surprised that that wasn't in the base game yeah that should have been in the base game i think it because people were asking for that before i think and it's just it's not even like it doesn't really change gameplay you know what i mean like it's just a a hub for the levels yes it just kind of makes things like just all kind of in one and i i think if you really into one uh, creator it definitely would just make it such an enjoyable experience because now the creator can sit down and really kind of map out from level to level yeah um, but yeah i don't know how i at this point i don't know how much you know people are going to engage with that uh apparently a lot because oh. people are watching and streaming it on twitch oh, okay. very frequently again 
So, I, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, people who have been making Mario Maker levels this whole time just make right. the most insane shit immediately. Uh, and so, yeah, I the way you can, like, pick up stuff and, like, jump off of it to use that to, like, continue momentum is pretty wild. Uh, I am kind of bummed that it's, like, the final update, I, just because it does seem kind of so unceremonious. Like, they're just, like, I guess we're done with this now. And it, I, I don't know. It doesn't like leave it off. Like it, they seem like they want to make another one or anything. Yeah. That's, it's going to be interesting if we'll ever see a super Mario, you know, maker three. Yeah. And like, I would have expected like paid DLC for like different game types or something. And that didn't end up panning out. So I, I wonder what went on there. Yeah. It, yeah, this is just kind of like the, a weird anomaly in otherwise where like every single other Wii U game got ported over and it's just kind of better on the Switch. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the one example where it just did not take off and it's hard to argue that it's considerably better on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, but they also, Nintendo, put out a uh, Animal Crossing update that is out now i have been playing um they had said earlier in the month when they did the easter update that there would be one for earth day and they showed everyone's favorite sloth who sells shrubs leaf would be in it um so the update does add some uh kind of important things that were sort of missing from previous animal crossing games one is leaf he is a dude who used to run his own plant store and you could buy shrubbery and bushes and stuff which you couldn't in this one uh, and so he now will show up every so often in your town and you can buy that stuff, which is really cool. I spent the past two-ish hours making my yard sick with shrubs. Are you happy with uh, it? Yeah, I like the shrubs. Um, and the other thing that I think is more important for a lot of people is the museum. Normally you collect bugs, fish, fossils, and paintings and or like art. Right. And the art part wasn't there originally, but it was like a week or two ago, uh, someone actually got into the code of the game and saw reference to a ton of stuff that is not actually in the game, uh, one of which was that art was going to be added. And so that did happen. There is in past games, it's this fox called Crazy Red. And he basically comes and is super shady and will try to sell you counterfeit art. Oh, okay. And so you like you can look at it, and then if you can tell the differences from the real art, because it's all like real paintings, like the Mona Lisa and shit. Okay. And if if you can tell that they are fake, you don't buy that one. But if it's real, you buy that, and you can donate it to the museum. The the Mona Lisa is the one I always remember because you just look at it, and I think it's funny. Like they make her have crazy, like angry eyebrows in the fake one. Okay, so you just look at it and you're like, "Ooh, that's not real." Some of them look really similar, uh, but so I haven't had to tell the difference yet. So the way they introduced him is he basically at the morning announcement where they tell you what's going on for the day. They say some shady guy has showed up and no one knows who he is. And so you talk to him and he sells you a painting, which will always be real. So then once you donate that, they add on to the museum. So I think tomorrow I'll have the art section or whatever. But then once you do that, he you can go to his secret illegal boat, which <laughs> there is a 
tiny uh, beach at the back of every island, which people were like, why is this here? Why is it so secluded? It doesn't make sense. And it is specifically there so that Red can dock his boat there and do his illicit illegal sails. Okay. Um, and so you, in a couple days, I'll be able to go back there and you go into his boat and that's where you like look to see the differences between if it's real or fake. But what's funny is like the lighting is super dim. <laughs> And it just looks so shady. It's it's awesome. I'm okay. very excited with that. Uh, and since those were both things that were in the data mine from the actual game, it makes me think that uh, all the rest of the stuff is going to come too, which is actually like a ton of features. So if they're following this pattern, uh, they, they announced a couple events like Bunny Day. So they, they go all the way up to the end of June. And it's just like one of them brings back a character that everybody used to love. Uh, yeah, I and, saw something about that. Yeah, and so there's a couple of events. I, I None of them seem super spectacular. One is you like collect stamps at the museum for Museum Week, if that's even a real thing in real life. Uh, May For May, it's, uh, you like go through this weird hedge maze to find stuff. And another one is the two llamas from the past animal crossing game are celebrating their wedding anniversary. So you got to take hot pics of their wedding. Okay. Uh, but anyways, those events go up until like June 30th. And so that would stand to reason that like at E three ish time, they will announce the next like major feature update and then put that out. So now this is going to sound like a stupid question, but yeah. Is there any purpose to collecting the art and then donating it other than you now have art in your town? Uh, so the museum is like super well done. Um, like it, as you donate more stuff to it, it like changes and gets bigger. Okay. Uh, when you donate everything of a specific type to the museum, you get a reward of some kind that okay. I, I don't know in this right. one what it is. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's already out there because people can just change the system clock to get all the stuff. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't seen what it actually does in this one. Usually you get some kind of reward or something. So it, it, is it a pretty good reward or, uh, it depends on the game. Uh, it's been different in each animal crossing game. Sometimes it's just like an item to say like, Hey, I did this, but sometimes it's, had an interesting gameplay thing like a tool that is doesn't break or you know is better in some way so depends yeah um i guess we'll just continue on the the nintendo train and talk about the new app so this is dumb because it's not out in the u.s and i don't yeah uh apparently they they have been tracking all this information uh, behind the scenes, and I'm guessing just storing it in the cloud, right? Yeah, so there's a, a separate app from the Switch Online app called the My Nintendo app that they released in Japan that has all of the playtime data from Switch games, even like how long you played on what days. <laughs> Okay. And like what hours you played it. So they're definitely tracking it all on the back end somehow. Well, the Wii uh, had that where you're like, okay, this is a lot of information. Actually, I remember the Wii had that too. The you- Wii had it and then the 3DS had it, uh, oh, right. but more in-depth data. So what's interesting is the Switch part of it has all of that information, like time you did it, day, and 
stuff like that, where it also apparently surfaces 3DS and Wii U data, except for the 3DS and the Wii U, it's just playtime. It doesn't have the like deeper data. Also, as far as I understand, the 3DS is not entirely accurate from what I heard. Oh, interesting. And the 3DS is weird anyways, because you the 3DS has the app on it that right. is very accurate. So that that's not as interesting. But yeah, it's weird that they pulled it from the Wii U and the 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 switch part is interesting to me just because it's I, I like to see that kind of data sometimes to be like oh yeah that's that's interesting like that i played this game for this long or whatever during this period of time so yeah i just, I, like, I just like data i don't know <laughs> yeah i do too and that's why like i keep like a crazy man excel file where i keep track of like all the games i play and actually yeah. how long roughly how long i play the games and stuff so mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just like this because the way it is on the Switch just infuriates me where it doesn't show you how long you've played until it's been after 10 days. And then once you play too many games, like old games get get erased from that. Yeah, they get knocked off. And then I feel like it the playtime isn't always accurate either because it, sometimes it'll be like, oh, you played like around this many hours. Right. It's like, well, I don't, did I? I? I don't know. It goes by fives. Yeah. So it's like around 25 hours. So you could have played 26 to... Well, 25 to 29. Yeah, so that, that that kind of stuff is strange. I would assume that this will come out in the U.S. as well. Uh, but, you know, maybe Nintendo's worried about the 116,000 accounts that's information were stolen a couple days ago. So Probably. <laughs> yeah, so turn on two-factor authentication for your Nintendo account because a lot of people had been reporting... Um, access attempts from Russia and China. Mm. And uh, then Nintendo admitted today that... Uh, over a hundred thousand accounts data was stolen okay i uh, but they were uh they did not get credit card information so they'll just be able to see your birthday you know what i'm saying and your email address for them to try their password there as well (laughs) i didn't even realize they had two-step uh verification they do it's weird because you have to download uh google's authenticator app okay which which makes it secure anyways but some people don't want to deal with an authenticator app so well, I, I already have it because Epic uses that. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And then also Discord has that. So yeah. So I would just add Nintendo to that. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because I I had activated it a couple weeks ago, so I was mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. Um. Yes. Uh, moving on. Uh, last week we talked about Jason Trier and how mm-hmm. he was leaving Kotaku, yeah. and then Monday he announced that he's moving to Bloomberg News. Yeah, which is a real news outlet. <laughs> I think it shows that like bloomberg is looking to get into video games a lot like the washington post did um i guess probably last summer yeah um so it uh, from what he said uh bloomberg was really interested in his pieces specifically on crunch and they Mm want to keep funding that specifically so he's definitely going to keep he, he's going to definitely keep talking about crunch and kind of like the the less happy side of the the video games that you know do need to be talked about though mm-hmm. and i mean that also gives him so much more of an opportunity to break huge news stories for games like he already had those contacts and that kind of thing but this puts him on like a different echelon of having access to information that he wouldn't otherwise have right and he's going to have i assume uh, a lot better resources. Uh, oh, definitely, well. yeah. 
Because I, I don't know how well Kotaku's doing, but I assume it's not as doing as well as Bloomberg. Uh, definitely not, no. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if anybody else gets hired from Bloomberg or if it'll just be like a one-man team uh, in video games over there. Yeah, I would guess that it'll probably be a one-man team for a while because when other larger news publications have picked up video games people, it has either been they hire like one person or they get a bunch of freelance people to write for them. Right. So yeah, I guess we'll I, have to wait and see. Because the Washington Post, I believe they hired a, a few people. Yeah. But they're not doing like reviews or anything, and I assume we probably won't see many reviews from Bloomberg either. Yeah, I, I would assume not. Um, this next one is actually the only news story I added. <laughs> and it was just a tweet. Uh, someone tweeted uh, to Phil Spencer, just basically asking if everything is kind of on track. And I'll just read the tweet exactly what he tweeted. And he, he said, review plans yesterday for continued sharing through launch. Team is doing great work in adapting. I've never been more excited about Xbox plans. We've we've heard you. You want transparency slash authenticity. We plan to keep showing showing that way. Next step is too is not too much of a wait. And then it's just parentheses games. And the only reason why I really brought this up is it's so weird seeing Phil Spencer and Xbox being so upfront about everything. Mm-hmm. Where we have no idea what Sony is doing. No, but I, they also pulled a Sony and announced their hot logo yes. for the Series X. They Well, no, they didn't announce it. It wasn't trademarked. No, I don't know. I mean, the logo's out there. Yeah, and I it, thought they put it out there. No, it was because of a trademark. Uh, well, it's an average logo. It I don't just, know. It doesn't make me feel anything. Which, I mean, how much of a logo is going to get you excited? Sometimes logos are cool. Uh, this one just is like, I don't know, man. It's fine. I mean, when was the last time you were excited by a console logo? A console logo? Not in a very long time. Uh, yeah. Because uh, the PlayStation logos are t- not good, usually. The Wii or they're had, all the same. The Wii had, like, the two, uh, not Joy-Cons, but the Wiimotes. I like the Dreamcast logo. <laughs> And I, I also like the Switch logo. But no, it's it's just weird because like, yeah, I the thing I they didn't actually announce the their logo. But when right. I saw that, I was like, ooh, stepping up to Sony here. I see. <laughs> no, they they just kind of <laughs> uh, trademarked it. And then, you know, that got picked up. And so, yeah. But yeah, it's just kind of weird that. So I guess news is. Our news on new games isn't too far away, so oh. yeah. So that that's yes, cool to see. I hope we get to see games because that's the thing that, that I want to see. I guess I don't know. Honestly, that's the only thing I care about. Yeah, I mean, I care about the features and stuff, but that none of that is going to be. I don't know, like make or break. Like they've already announced the specs for both of these things, basically, and they're like the same. So it, they're they're good and interesting. I just want to see what they can actually do at this point. Right, but I mean, we knew about the specs quite a while ago because Sony had that article. Yeah, and and then they they've come out two or three more times and just told us what the specs are again. So. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, at this point, I just want some news on some video games, which we do. I'll just move that into the Horizon Zero Dawn uh, trilogy, I guess, since we're talking about this. Um, there is a rumor that the Horizon Zero Dawn is planned to be a trilogy, yeah. which uh, did not surprise me at all, to be honest. Uh, no, but they also said that they are obviously working on one mm-hmm. right now, but the way they worded it made it seem like it was probably not going to be a launch title, but I guess mm. that remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, but if you had asked me yeah, uh, last year, if I thought there'd be a Horizon Zero Dawn trilogy, I would say yes. I mean, almost everything is a trilogy anymore. Yeah, but not everything needs to be a trilogy. That's my thing. Like, people like Horizon Zero Dawn, and I know they set up for a sequel. Right. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, it's usually when people say that they're making a trilogy, they at least have the third part planned out somewhat. So I think that's interesting. Right. But I still don't it's, think it's that big of a surprise that they would at least carry this on, this new IP that seemed to take off with two more games after the first one. I just don't think it's that surprising. No, yeah, but I mean, that is a big news piece. Yes. So. And then I didn't hear anything about this Digimon. Yeah, this pissed me off because, so Digimon Survive should have been out like last March. Because they had been putting out a Digimon game once a year, usually like early in the year. And the development team that makes the Digimon games basically said, yeah, we have to keep pumping them out because we want to keep interest in Digimon high because it means a lot to us and we want people to actually care. So it was weird that they didn't have it for a while. And uh, a Famitsu article like leaked and... It was in the interview when it was translated. People, ba- the person that was interviewed, basically said, "Like, yeah, we're having some trouble with it, and we're kind of like retooling it from the beginning. Like, it's going to be a complete development overhaul, and uh, that it would be not releasing this year, and it would be held indefinitely, basically." Which is bizarre because all of the screenshots that have come out for it so far are, it's a tactical RPG, like a uh, sort of like Final Fantasy Tactics, like on a grid with like pixel art art. And then everything connecting that is just a visual novel to convey the story outside of the battling system. So it's not like super revolutionary stuff or super technically advanced stuff. So it just seemed bizarre. And so I was bummed because I was like, I, are they really going to try to retool this game? And they're, if in my opinion, if they were going to retool it, that probably means that it's not going to be a tactical RPG anymore. But that remains to be seen. So a couple hours after this came out, uh, the guy who runs Gamatsu talked to someone who works at Namco Bandai US and got a statement from the guy saying, this is not true at all. It will still be coming out this year. Uh, that was a mistranslation from the Famitsu article. Okay. And so I would like that to be true, but also it's weird that that statement came from the U.S. branch of Namco Bandai, which would have way less of an idea if that was actually true. So I... I don't know. I I want this game to come out because I just like I haven't played uh 
strategy RPG like that in a very long time, and I like Digimon, so I don't know. I wanted this game to come out last year. I was ready then, so I it just seems so weird to me that they would be having like development issues with something that seems not revolutionary at all. Like it seems like it's just a Digimon game, but it could be replaced with anything. So I don't, I don't know. It's just strange to me. Yeah. Um, the one really weird thing with you saying that, uh, um, Bandai Namco came out and spoke, at least North America came out and spoke about it. Typically companies have the philosophy of we don't comment on rumors. But it, so like, that's what was weird about it is it wasn't a rumor. Like it was in an interview that they published in Famitsu, but then it was like translated. So then it's, it's just a really weird. Yeah. Yeah, And that's weird. But I mean, the guy who runs Gamatsu knows Japanese and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's just a strange thing. I don't know. Right. (laughs) His tweet was funny. He said, I did a games journalism and uh, <laughs> put that out. And I was like, this is just weird. And I, yeah, I don't know. And it never really had like a fully announced release date either. The The whole, the whole thing is just bizarre. So I, yeah, I just found that to be interesting because it's like, what is, what is happening to this game that should not be anything special or hard to do? Right. But yeah, like, I mean, things happen. You yeah. Know? Yeah, Absolutely somehow the new cooking mama game came out and the rights holders are suing the developers. So, I mean, anything can happen to your video game. <laughs> yeah, that is the, yeah, we talked about that. How? Yeah. So Jesus, I don't know. Is that, is that back on the store? Or no, no, it won't be. They are actually suing each other. I believe. Yeah. That's why I asked. Cause <laughs> I know like the, the whole, the publishing holder, or whatever, they they're not happy with the quality quality of the product and then the developers are like hey we lived up to our end of the bargain we believe we have the right to sell this Mm -hmm. uh so it's just in this really weird middle ground but i guess nintendo's siding with the holders i guess i i just think that they had to remove it anyways uh because i think that it didn't meet some quality standard Oh, for for Nintendo? Yeah, like I think that something got through testing because it was like overheating switches because of some weird optimization issues. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I think that was the main reason. And then I don't don't know that it even went up on PSN. I think it only physical copies came out for PS4. Um, I don't know if like that was another thing where like the PS4 was not authorized by... (laughs) Yeah, and it was like done by a different developer. Yes. But yeah, I don't know that that one was like approved for the PlayStation Store when the game came out. Like, I think it just came out physically. So I, I don't know. The, everything is weird. Yeah, that, that is. Our, our world is weird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we'll move on to what you have been playing, because I am like three, four hours away from the ending of Persona. Oh, nice. My journey. My journey is almost over. Everyone is max level. All the enemies are comically easy at this point. <laughs> so unless the final boss can pull out some fun craziness, I don't think I'll have a super hard time. But I I've enjoyed my time with it. But that's that's really all I've been doing. Which I mean, that is a very lengthy experience. At the end, how long do you think you'll end up playing it? Uh, I'm at 108 hours right now. So probably depending on how long like the lead up to the final boss is, and I still have some like 
free time before the final boss. Uh, I would say it's probably 112 to 15 hours. Depends. Jesus. (laughs) So a very long. I can finally start to play the Final Fantasy VII remake for realsies. I assume when you're not playing that, you've been playing as much Animal Crossing as you can. Uh, I generally have just been playing like an hour or two of Animal Crossing a day, except for today I played more Animal Crossing just because of the new features. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I for me, I finished The Pedestrian. Mm-hmm. And the ending is crazy, Manny. I'm not going to spoil I figured anything, it would be. <laughs> but oh my god, it just like it was just mind blowing the ending. Um I finished Fire Emblem and mm-hmm. that final boss, whatever you want to call it, was uh tough, we'll say. It took me many hours of trying to find Oh, interesting. But you have to keep in mind, I probably played a lot less than you, so my characters were probably far less level. Well, but also you would fight a completely different final boss than I did. Oh, okay. My The house I picked is the longest one and has uh, a vastly different battle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I only played about 28 hours in total. Oh my god! <laughs> That's like half the average playthrough, I think. I know, I really streamlined it. That is wild. That see that's it, and that's interesting because one of the main complaints about Three Houses was that it was too easy and like by the time you're played for like 15 hours you like crush everything. Yeah, not if you uh if you ignore like a lot of the modes and just kind of streamline and just pretty much just do the main battles and occasionally do the side battles. Then yeah, that would that would do it. Then you'd be under leveled for everything, and it would be a lot harder. Yeah, like Calvin's playthrough was a hundred and well, Calvin is uh, hundred twenty hours or something like that. That is just insane. Uh, someone that I have on my Switch friends list, their playtime is like six hundred hours or something. I think so they must have played like they've played through it a, a quadrillion times. I was gonna say like all three time, like all three houses, like two times each. Yeah, and the DLC, and I took a, I got a screenshot of when their playtime was at four twenty. So I sent <laughs> that to them. Very exciting. Jesus. So yeah, you can play Fire Emblem very differently. That's three different ways right there. <laughs> I, I told you, like actually that's... four. You, me, and those two people, all yes. very different. I, I told you that's what I really liked about it is I could just kind of pick what I liked and just kind of went with that style. So yeah, I also signed up for PlayStation Plus or mm-hmm. not? Yeah, PlayStation Plus, not PlayStation Plus, uh, PlayStation Now. Oh, okay. And was like, I'm just going to see what PlayStation games are here that I haven't played, like PlayStation 4 games, so then I can kind of prepare myself for this this conversation. So I downloaded five games. I'm only going to talk to talk about two here because I like these two. Mm-hmm. And that was I played... I've played and finished Bound. What even is that? I don't... It is like a dancing game. Oh. It's like an adventure dancing game. Where I remember this. It is very bizarre and unique. You just kind of like make your way through different levels. And as you're like making your way through levels, you're just like cleansing the world of darkness I while your character is this. like dancing. Like all your moves and everything is just dancing. Yeah, but then like isn't the plot like... 
oh, aren't you like in the brain of a pregnant woman or some shit? Yes, yeah, so like after every level, you go back to like a pregnant woman, and then you just kind of walk around <laughs> for a little bit. That's okay. It, I, this it, is coming back to me. It's it's flowing back. It's a weird game. I yes. It's when I first read about it, I was like, "What is this, Footloose?" <laughs> uh, it's not like Footloose, but like no? there is there is dancing. Okay. Uh, man, yeah. How many games do you play as inside a pregnant woman's brain? Probably uh, not many. Probably not. Which it's one of those weird things where the game I would say is very beautiful, but then mm. looks not great when they make an actual human. Oh yeah, I you're bet like, you're like, oh, this looks. Um, well, doesn't it? Doesn't it look like? I thought the art style was like weird and like kind of polygonal. Like, it nothing is. Nothing really has like detail. It's very blocky and clip. Yeah. Yes, but it, it's a very unique, interesting style. Interesting. Hmm. How like do you fight? Like, what is other than the dancing? Like, what's what's uh, going on? Sometimes you get attacked and you have to dance. Who who attacks you? Uh polygon oh the darkness sorry it's like polygons <laughs> and darkness and stuff it's just okay. really weird that is weird it's a very short game it's like and I... then you just like you dance on them and they die yes it, yes okay it's kind of like a a 3d platformer with not very difficult platforming and you just kind of dance around um, okay i i don't know if you would be really into it to be honest i don't think so but it's short i it's definitely a weird thing. Yes. And it's something that's published by Sony, so... Yeah, Santa Monica did it, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I also ha- have been playing through Until Dawn. I unfortunately yeah. haven't had much time with it, but I have gotten a couple hours in, and I'm enjoying it so far. People yeah. really like Until Dawn. Yes. Um, it's just basically uh, like a horror film very generic horror film where it's a group of kids they're they're they've gotten together up at like a a cabin in the woods and Mm -hmm. i haven't quite gotten to the part where they're being attacked yet it's only a couple hours in but you know that's coming eventually yeah so the main thing of until dawn is like it's there are numerous numerous outcomes it can have like i think every character can die and at the end you can have like a quadrillion different permutations so it's one of those things where it's slightly different for most people who play yes depending on how well you perform or whether or not you just like let someone die because you don't like them or (laughs) whatever goes on uh i've seen some gameplay this graphically i think it's wild like it looks crazy and it has like uh like very popular actors as well yeah i had like real actors in it i remember generally most everything i heard about until dawn was very positive yes uh yes um as you said and i think a lot of people seem to play it as like a party game they'd get together. yeah that's what i was just gonna bring up is i most people i think played it like yeah they do it with uh family and friends Mm -hmm. to go through to the point where like it actually asked me like how many people so they definitely set it up that way that you'd be. Oh, there. really? I wonder what, I wonder what that changes. I don't know if it then like just like, hey, you should change now that you're a, you're deciding for a different person, pass it off to another person or something. Maybe. Or do you think? I wonder if they patched it later because the same studio does those uh, like the games where you use the phone, like the one we played that we got the bad ending. I don't think it's the same studio. 
I thought they were very similar. I think Until Dawn is the one who's doing like now um, Man of Medan, I thought. Yeah, that's what those Man of Medan games are. Oh, okay. They use the ones phones? with the phone. Yeah. Okay, because like the one we did, um, Hidden Agenda was a different developer. It wasn't Supermassive. Oh, really? I don't think Supermassive did Hidden Agenda. Yeah, they did. Okay, it is. Okay, then I guess I'm just completely wrong. Yeah, because I, I, w- I wonder if they went back and added it, because I don't remember what that thing was called. They had some weird dumb oh, buzzword name for it. PlayStation something. Yeah, it was, it was really weird. Yeah, because they did that. They did Play that. Playlink. Playlink, yes. Uh, where they tried to make like Jackbox game that like party pack thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that they did very many of them, but I, I do believe uh, maybe the Playlink thing isn't in Man of Medan, but they. You do it. There is multiplayer. I know that. Well, I don't, Man of Medan isn't just like a PlayStation exclusive. I don't believe. Because that's on Steam and stuff. Yeah, I so I don't I don't know how they do it. I I know that you like see different perspectives in that. So I, I wonder if Until Dawn is similar to that in some way. Well, like Man of Medan, isn't that like that can be done online? I yeah, I you can play online. I just don't remember. I don't remember if it's like you play it with a controller or if it's like a Jackbox sort of thing where you can also oh use yeah that I don't know. Yeah, I assume with the. To me, I assume that the uh, until dawn, maybe you can use multiple controllers. Yeah, maybe. I that I don't know, but yes, yeah. uh, I do know the one big actress that I do did notice is that Hayden. I don't even know how to pronounce her last name. It's like Penitentiary or something like that. It's. I have no idea. Who that she's is. she's in. Uh, she was in the the show. Uh, the NBC show about mutants and like superheroes. Um, Oh god. Oh. Uh well, never mind. I was gonna say there are so many heroes. Yes, heroes. Okay. She was like the one who could couldn't get hurt. I didn't watch heroes. So oh you never I... watched heroes. Okay, then No. I... Then I never mind, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's just the how only I know the her. only person I know from Heroes is the Asian guy who I believe also was a writer. Mm. She's I think like, his name was Hero. Okay. Yes, his name was Hero. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have also been playing uh, Lena's Inception, mm-hmm. which is basically a Link to the Past type game. Okay, so it's like like Zelda. I know yes. what it looks like. It's got that like it, it's average got, pixel art yes, style. It's got that like Link to the Past look to it. Um, the big kind of difference between this and like a link to the past is it's all procedural generated at the start of the game mm, interesting uh, it's not a roguelike but it, it is just kind of procedural at the beginning so then like and then you just kind of go around the world and you have eight eight dungeons to go through and then after at the end of every dungeon you have a new item that you've collected and then also a heart okay so it, it is very much just zelda yeah. Except the big difference is it's procedural, so the whole point is to then be able to play through the game multiple times, and then sometimes you can just kind of create these special type of runs where it's just like, I'm only going to use a bomb, I'm only going to use arrows, I'm only going to do this, I'm only going to do that. Hmm. <clears throat> 
a lot of games do that now. Like sort of Ditto did that a couple of years ago. Yes. In a similar way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so weird. Cause like these games, I do enjoy them and I am enjoying this, but like, there's just something missing. It's just kind of missing that. Like, I don't know what exactly it is, but there's just like Nintendo charm when you play Nintendo games that these games yeah. just kind of are missing. I don't know if it's like, just feels a little soulless or what it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is going to sound kind of mean, but when I look at it, that's what it looks like to me is it just looks like it's, I don't know. Like it doesn't have a distinct personality almost. No. Uh, they are definitely trying to go for some humor, but it's not quite working for me. So interesting, but I, I do kind of just enjoy running around that world exploring and it does do a good job of, even if you're going off the path, when you, when you go out and explore, you usually do find something worth collecting. So which I do appreciate that with games. Yeah. Uh, the last game I'm playing is just an endless runner called Top Run. <laughs> That's perfect. Yes. <laughs> uh, what I'm, what I, the only thing I really want to mention here is there's this, it's there's this endless runner, and then once you kind of build up enough points, you get, you go into what is called buddy time. Which okay. <laughs> I don't even know how to begin to describe this, but you basically just like turn into a dog and then there's like a silhouette of a dog in the background and it's just all different eighties. Like it will, the entire aesthetic of the game is just like, very well, I mean, that makes sense to play on top gun. I yes. get it. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> and then it's just like a dog silhouette in the background and it, it's very much just like endless runner top gun eighties with dog. Oh, I mean, that sounds all right. Yeah. That I'm going to have to look at that later. I'm going to have to look up a video to see, because in my head, I don't know that it's going to look anything like what it actually looks like. Um, I can send you at least a picture if you want to just kind of see. I think I can let me top run. Uh, well, you're gonna want to like I I just sent you the picture and uh, in di- the Discord. So oh, you're not even on Discord. Uh, my phone gets it. So. Oh, okay, yes, and and then the buddy time you turn into the dog and then you just kind of move up and down as you're collecting gems. That you're right. I was <laughs> I was not expecting that. That's a real dog. That I didn't know dog. you met a literal real dog. <laughs> yes, they just took a real picture of a dog and just kind of pixelated it. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, this is so. Like, what do you, what do you dodge? Like, what do you? Well, this is the buddy time. What? Yeah, but what comes at you in the main game? Uh, when it, I mean, it's just a two D platformer, and then they're just like people. Okay. in the way or like sometimes they shoot stuff or whatever okay i just kind of saw the buddy time and i was like all right this is five dollars on ps4 I, I guess I'll, <laughs> I'll buy it yeah it does have good music i will give them that interesting hmm. so yeah well, that's that's gonna do it for what you've played <laughs> yeah Unless you have more questions about Top Run. No, I have that. You know, seeing that picture, I got everything I needed to, I think. I uh, I am now keenly aware of what Top Run has to offer. So that that's excellent. And so now we'll transition into talking about Sony. Yes. 
We're gonna rate. We're gonna rate them and rank them. Well, at the end, we're gonna just go at through the all end, the games yeah. for right now, which they have a lot. They do. They have. This is a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I tried to curate and just kind of go through the games that either we know or more than likely one of us has at least played. played. Yeah. So the first one is Astrobot, which is the a VR game. I think it's the only VR game we have on this list. Uh, most people say this is like the definitive VR game yes. to them. I have heard people say this is as good as like Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, I've seen people say that as well. Uh, I'm curious. I was so close one Black Friday to buying a bundle of with PlayStation VR that had Astrobot and Moss, the game about the little mouse in it. Right. Uh, and I decided not to because I was like, you know, I'm never going to use this. And that was the right decision because I wouldn't have. Uh, you would have played Beat Saber. I mean, I would have played Beat Saber and I would have played Astrobot and Moss. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, after that, what am I going to do with the thing? Use you it would, as a headrest? Like, you I, would I, I don't play know. more Beat Saber. I guess I could play more Beat Saber. That's true. But yeah, so Ast- Astrobot is generally a high watermark of VR stuff, which. Yeah. I would love to experience that because I generally have a pretty negative view of VR in general. Like as my job, we have numerous VR headsets that the college gets to test out and like use for various purposes and things. So I've, I have done a decent amount of it. And like some of our friends have gotten PSVRs and other types of things. Right. Uh, And to, to me, they never feel more than glorified tech demos. Yeah, I feel like the we're finally maybe getting out of that with um, Half-Life Alex. Yeah, so like Half-Life Alex seems crazy, um, but I, I just remember seeing Astrobot and thinking, oh, this just looks like, I don't know, like a weird 3D platformer type thing. But then I heard so many people talk so positively about it that it made me super curious. Yeah. Yeah, this is the one that I just kind of wanted to put down because it is like of all the VR games, this is like the definitive one that I've heard so many positive things about. And it's yeah, the only one that I have any interest in trying out. and playing. Yeah, same, I think. But not enough to buy a PSVR. Definitely not enough, especially now that the new consoles are going to launch and then they'll probably just launch a new better headset. Maybe, so. hopefully, unless they're just going to completely kill off, uh, kill it, kill off. Oh, you know, I didn't think about that. They might just kill it, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah, I mean, some people seem to think they'll just kind of like port over what they can. Yeah. And like you, you can use your PSVR, PS4 v- VR on the PS5, but not any new games or anything. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the other, the next one is a game that I actually tried. Beyond, did Control. you try it? I was not a fan of it. No, you know who I love? Mm-hmm. Ellen Page. Uh, yeah, I'm aware. I know. We're it's gonna work out between us someday. But um, uh, I, okay, you know what? Not this. Gonna... <laughs> <Put> your spirit. <laughs> this game. Uh, you know, I probably, it was probably a PlayStation plus game at some point. So I probably like, it's in my library. Uh, who's the, who's the guy? Was it Willem Dafoe? It is Willem Dafoe. Okay. So you didn't like it? No, I, I can tell you exactly. Um, I hate stories that are told where it's just like, 
this character is five year old five years old now in this next scene they're 25 now they're 12 now they're 13 now they're 27 now they're 15 it's just i don't think there's a great flow to it interesting i i don't know how you feel about that but i just uh, i i mean i can't think of many stories off the top of my head that are that i have experienced that are very like that the only one Um, i can think of that is a lot like it is um the last season of how i met your mother okay well that's a comparison that I hate because I do. We both know I don't like that season, that but that, it's the same uh, same concept. Okay, bouncing through different time periods, and you're yeah. like, it's not necessarily where it's hard to flow, but to me, it just feels like the whoever's writing this, it, they're trying to be much come off as much deeper and better writer than they maybe are. Okay, the, or at least that's just kind of my perception. Yeah. And then the uh, other, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say my other major issue, but like, if you want to, if you have a point on what I was just saying. No, I was going to ask a question about this. Okay. Uh, my other major issue with this is just like, I don't think David Cage has ever interacted with a human being ever. Oh, I mean, that's a given at this point. <laughs> we played Detroit Become Human. It, this, this, this had a like worse than anything in Detroit. Okay. So have you ever played Heavy Rain? I haven't, but I do know what happened. It's like Heavy Rain, I feel like, is somewhere in between. A robot still could have made it, but it has a lot of like very strange stilted dialogue and weirdness. So so this game, like she is like a psychic monster thing that's possessing her or some shit. Yes. And I was going to get into that. Okay, that's her whole thing is she's like she's got the psychic monster thing so she's kind of grown up at a base and she doesn't have any friends and she's kind of grown up alone okay. so she in in this one scene she's probably 14 15 years old one of the nurses at the the base that she works with has a daughter around ellen page's age mm-hmm. like the character's age yeah yeah so then she's so then she has the ellen page character come to her sister daughter's um birthday party People said that this they like this scene a lot. Really? Yeah, I've that most people who I've heard talk about this game said that's that they like that scene. Be, and I'll, I'll, the reason why I didn't like it is because like it starts out and people are being weird to you and like it's just being that very stereotypical uh, Hollywood bully. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, flip of a switch, they're all just kind of in like a conversation everything's normal she's talking to some guy they actually go they actually start dancing and then all of a sudden flip of a switch they're all like oh let's burn the witch and then they like they're putting their <laughs> cigarettes out on her and then just like, the stu- stuff her in a closet and you're like this is not this is not how normal situations go <laughs> like it, it was just so bizarre i i can't imagine anybody would like that scene uh, I thought that she can like use the psychic thing to like kill those kids or like beat the shit out of them or something. After you're you're stuffed in the closet, you have two choices: you can either just run out of the party or go in and get your revenge. Yeah, which I just Dang. i I didn't get my revenge, but like I don't oh know yeah, how... I guess you can really it's satisfying to get that sweet revenge. It, but like it was just so bizarre because as I said, like they were being really weird to her, mm-hmm. and then like the one guy was being really nice to her. And then it, 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 what actually happened is the birthday girl was like, we're going to open up presents, which the, which Ellen page 
she lives on a base, so she obviously couldn't get a, a good present. So mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe bought a present to, for for Ellen Page. The pre- mm-hmm. the book was or the present was a book of like uh, Edgar Allan Poe poems. Nice. And so the birthday girl was like, "What is this? This is stupid." And then they were like, "Oh, now we're gonna like burn the witch and stick her in a closet." Okay. I, it, it just it. That's just not how normal people behave, and that was pretty much the end of the game for me. I just okay, I just couldn't play any more of it. Yeah, I and I also like there's like action segments in that game as well. Yes, and I bet those handle like just the worst. I'm sure they're not great. Yeah, I didn't really engage with that. I only went a couple hours, and I was like, I'm good. I know Detroit become human, and this is I'm enjoying this even less. <laughs> Uh, the oh next one, you pl- unless you have more questions on Beyond Two Souls. No, I am good on <laughs> Two Souls. Uh, the next game is Bloodborne, which I know you played. Yeah, so I played Bloodborne. I got to the final boss. I am the only person on Earth who doesn't like Bloodborne. That's not true. Uh, well, you, did you play it? No, but I oh, okay. I assume I wouldn't like it. I mean, I also assume that, but uh, you know, you never know. Uh, so I I really like Dark Souls, and Bloodborne was one of those ones where they were like, oh, it's like that, but you got to be faster paced and stuff, and it just it never really clicked with me, and the whole Victorian England thing mixed with uh, Lovecraftian horror. Also, like I just don't love. I don't love Lovecraftian horror the way that a lot of people in modern times seem to. Uh, I had to read a lot of it in college for a science fiction course. And that was not my favorite. Uh, it's also weird. I mean, you know, never mind. I'm not going to get into the weird Lovecraft stuff. He was yeah. a shitty racist, and, you know, that's whatever. Uh, it just, yeah, it doesn't do it for me, but a lot of people love Bloodborne so much that, like, if there was probably, if there was, like, a poll to be what do you think the game of the generation is, I think Bloodborne would win. Um, the only reason why I would say no is because I would I would guess people would vote The Witcher. Maybe, but like I generally I see people, I, I know people who don't like The Witcher, and right. it's, it's, there are people who are very vocal about not liking The Witcher, like Long Island Joe, for example. <laughs> A prominent fighting game player and also Eris, another prominent fighting game player, really not a fan. Uh, but they're just like, there are people who are very vocal about it. I feel right. like there's really no one who's vocal about hating Bloodborne. Okay, that's probably. And as a as a PS4 exclusive, like it did super well uh, considering that it was just a PS4 game. Yes, uh, yes. But it is, it, it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, it just didn't hit with me, but I get it. I get why people like the faster paced combat. I get that people like that style and that type of horror stuff. It's just, yeah, I I don't have a lot to say about Bloodborne. It's just because it's not really my thing, but people crazy about Bloodborne. Uh, Yes, uh, there is a very, and that's another reason why I would guess that Bloodborne wouldn't win. I do think that's a little bit more niche. Yeah, that's, that's kind of fair. Uh, Where I think the Witcher three, for me personally, like you go to any forum, a video game forum, and ask the question, like, what game should I play next? I've played The Witcher 3, and someone will say, like, you should play The Witcher 3 again. <laughs> See, but uh, I feel like that's not even the kind of game that people play again. 
I just don't because know. it is so <laughs> that game is long and there is so much content in that fucking game. The Witcher three is just like on another level. I, I it really would impo- it would be impossible for me to finish it a second time, I think. OK, as you're playing through uh, Persona, Persona, but I played The Witcher for way longer than I played Persona. Really? Yeah, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I played through all the way through The Witcher Three, and I played both oh, expansions. As I was gonna well. say the DLC because, like, the base yeah. game's like sixty hours, isn't it? At least, yeah. I mean, I played it for way longer than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I also was doing like every side quest and like trying mm-hmm. to see everything. So it it depends, right? Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't like Bloodborne, but that's just me. Um, but Bound. I it sounded it. like you were a big fan. <laughs> yeah, uh, we already talked about it. I played it. Yeah, it's a weird dancing game. It uh, is a weird dancing game. Concrete Genie, you uh, you seem to really enjoy this game. Yeah, I really enjoyed Concrete Genie. It was a pixel opus. They had also done um, that weird PS3 game. Fuck, I can never remember the name. I always want to say Black Swan, but that was the movie with Mila Kunis and. Uh, Natalie Portman. I don't remember Beautiful Swan, Swan Time. Uh, Unimportant because it wasn't a PS4 game. But Pixel Opus does weird, kind of more experimental stuff. And Concrete Genie was another smaller ish game. I feel like Sony really didn't market it super well. But it's one of those things where, since it is more supposed to be like that artsy type mm-hmm. of game, that's probably why they didn't. Uh, but you basically I, the main gameplay loop is like painting uh, these really cool neon designs on buildings so that you can use your magic paintbrush to bring these crazy monster guys, the genies to life. Uh, it's like basic puzzle solving and near the end uh, it introduces light combat elements that were not my favorite. But I mean, I, when I say by the end, I mean the last 40 minutes of a five hour game. <laughs> So it's not like it lasts long enough to be like, oh, this really is awful. Mm-hmm. So it it it's a it's a fun thing to mess around with. I don't know that it's super deep, but it it does what it's going for. I think. Uh, how much do you want to? How, how badly do you want to know uh, what their last game was? And FYI, you were nowhere close to the name. There is a name that has Swan in it. Uh, the last they've only made one other game, and it was called Entwined. Entwined. What the fuck is this game? I don't know. But this oh. this this game is Entwined. The Unfinished Swan, and that was you're right. It's not the same developer. No, that was game. That was a totally different developer. Giant Sparrow, and Sony Santa Monica. Anyways, I was thinking of Unfinished Swan. Okay. So unrelated. Yes. But it does also another Sony game. That did get ported over to PlayStation 4, I guess. But it was Yeah, a and port. it got ported to the Vita as well. Mm, sure. That's interesting. All right. Uh the next game is Days Gone, which your friend was a very big fan of this, uh Scott. Uh, he played Days Gone. Uh, he, so this, Days Gone is bizarre to me because yes. I so the exact opposite of everything I want in a video game. A huge open world game about zombies with just the fucking dullest characters in the entire world and everything's super empty. Uh, I 
like immediately I was like, oh, I don't want this. And I didn't understand why anyone would want another zombie type game, especially because like The Last of Us obviously is a vastly superior product and they're making a sequel to that. In fairness, I mean, like two very different games, though. They are two very different games. But like also every preview of Days Gone was just about how shitty and forgettable it was. Yes. And then it came out and people were like, I don't know, it's fine. And I was yeah. like, what? I, from what I understand, far too long. Yeah. Because uh-huh. it, it was like a 60-hour game. If I remember correctly, there are at least three or four points where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's over now. Mm-hmm. And then it just keeps going. Yes. But what I think is just fascinating is this is like a studio. This was their first opportunity to make like an actual console game in like 15 years, I believe. Because before this, they were just making, like, PSP and Vita games. Because they were... Ah, classics. Because they were the ones who made, like, the old Uncharted games um, on on Vita. Oh, the Golden Compass. Yeah, or something, whatever it's called. They made, like, both of those games. So I don't think they've actually made, like, a console game in, like, 15 years. Hmm. And... This was uh this is I guess what they wanted to make. Sons of Anarchy meets Walking Dead. <laughs> wow, you can really just distill it to that, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. And yeah, that that's what it was and by all accounts people who played it enjoyed it enough mm-hmm. like it was just a weird open world game with zombies heavy heavier like survival elements yeah and it also it seemed like the crux of what they were going for the like ridiculous amount of zombies in one place really doesn't happen that much or at all really right and then the other thing is like there was the mechanic of like your your bike can break or it can like run out of gas and you have to like push it which i can tell you right now if i was ever in the open world in my bike broke and i had to like slowly push it i would just stop playing that game <laughs> i don't know about you but there's no I mean, way that's that doesn't sound like my favorite part no of any game but you know did that ever happen in red dead for you where you had to like walk like 20 minutes oh yeah mm. yep so basically that but now you get to push a bike instead of just yeah. walking so <laughs> oh man we're on a rough stretch here because now we're, we're on a rough stretch here <laughs> now we're talking about detroit become human and F- dude fuck this game i oh my god like <laughs> i had fun i had fun because we played it together david cage i don't understand what i don't understand what he's going for most of the time like in theory in 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 extreme theory the concept of detroit become human is a good concept it is like what would happen if there were robots and then you know like it would just essentially become robot racism Mm -hmm. right there are so many like all science fiction basically is just this concept right and this dude gets out there before this game comes out. He's like, we have this revolutionary idea and it's like never been done before. Can you believe it? And then you play the game and you're like, look, man, I've seen Blade Runner. I have read science fiction before. We get it. And then in practice, when there are the conversations between people and 
the ending where the, oh boy well in fairness we did get the bad ending for that one we did get the bad ending for uh one group which was fucked up because like you didn't want to steal some tickets i didn't want to steal someone's tickets look i shouldn't <laughs> have had to all right uh yeah this is one of those cases where i think less would have been more i think if they just kind of like made a game about the quincy brown character and connor yeah uh which was quincy brown was like the detective yeah the detective and his cool dog his cool dog yes and then like also like because like connor was like the most interesting of the androids anyways yeah and then you yeah there was the other storyline with the the guy leading (sighs) the the android uh revolution Yes, the guy relating the Android Revolution and the lady who, you know, I guess I don't want to spoil Detroit Become Human for all the listeners, but the the lady who the, like it's the abused girl, like yeah she, the ab- she, yeah and she, she like takes in the abused little girl yes and, and they they go on the run save her yeah uh though like the the only one that I enjoyed was Connor so uh, I guess like a game with just Connor and like just kind of like going around solving mysteries would have just been much more interesting. I think. Well, and it's just like the game starts as you playing as Connor at the hostage negotiation. And that part's cool. Yeah. Like it does a good job of pulling you in. And then I feel like it immediately drops the ball in the next scene. Like, Oh boy. When the rope, because then it's like it cuts to a thing, and it's like the robots have to be at the back of the bus. Yeah, you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, man, <laughs> come on. Yeah, you don't have to like use a sledgehammer to get your point across. No, like, no, he's could be subtle. David Cage is Fuck. very subtle and much smarter <laughs> than both of us combined, man. He's yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you can get this on PC now. Yeah, you can become human on PC. I would suggest not to yeah i also would uh i don't know i mean it's a fun thing to like play together with someone and make fun of it i think for sure (laughs) i remember because this was right around the time nukio left and we were coming up with things to to play and i just like (laughs) had this like sitting on my my stand as you walked in and you're just like oh no (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Because we both knew it was not going to be a good experience, but like, yeah, definitely. We had to. Like, uh, so now I'm so curious what Quantic Dreams next game will be, because I, I don't know where they go from here. Like, uh, Indigo Prophecy was their first one that I can remember that people thought was like pretty cool and interesting for the time, and then when it was PlayStation exclusives, it was Heavy Rain, then Beyond Two Souls, and then Detroit. Right. And like, you know, Heavy Rain was an all right concept. I think that it falls apart when the plot twist happens because it, you know. It just doesn't make sense. I just, yeah, it just wasn't good in execution, I don't think. But it was like, it was trying to go for something. And then Beyond Two Souls had all kinds of weird issues. And Detroit, I think, just makes it excessively clear that maybe David Cage isn't the best storyteller out there. Yeah. So, I just always think about uh, Serial Vasquez, uh, former Game Informer employee. He said his greatest regret at working at Game Informer was letting this game get into the top 50 at the end of the year. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, so that should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, he, I think so. He said the only reason why he played the game was just so he could argue against against it. <laughs> so. Uh, oh boy, the list <laughs> is getting rough here. Yes, drawn uh, to death, David Jaffe. David Jaffe, hallowed creator of God of War, uh, and Twisted Metal, and Twisted Metal, and he comes back after a long hiatus to bring us this absolute pile of dog shit that is a first-person shooter imagined with through the stylings of a like 13 year old's notebook but only if the 13 year old sucked more than any other human ever made it's like a 13 year old had the personality of an eight-year-old but the mouth of a 20 year old yeah and it just it looks bad the Mm -hmm. jokes are not good it's you know, sometimes people say something is trying too hard. This is trying harder than anything has ever tried before. Yeah. And it fails so spectacularly. Like, if you've never seen Drawn to Death, look up videos of this thing. It is it is rough. This has to be it's the rough. worst game on the list, right? Uh Oh, I think by a hilarious margin. Because at least Detroit has, like... A really high graphical fidelity. I was going to say, like, probably some of the best graphics on this list. And Days yeah. Gone, like, I know some people that were it's like, fine. I really liked it. Where yeah. like, I don't know if I met a single person that was like, I liked Tron to Death. That was my no, favorite yeah. uh, first-person competitive shooter of the generation. Or third-person. It's, it's, it's funny because I, I remember... Any, I watched several videos of this, and just the people who are playing it just became immediately so upset <laughs> by it. They're just like, "What is this? This is terrible." Yeah. Do you think we'll ever see another David Jaffe game, or do you think he's done? I don't remember if that studio stayed open or not, or if they closed. Um. But he he was always an interesting guy, and so like I I wish that he had put out something interesting. But I think that a lot of his sensibilities do translate to that weird, more like old God of War and Twisted Metal. Yeah, like where it's just like trying so hard to be edgy for the sake of being edgy. Okay. Whereas like twi- Twisted Metal is very much from a time and place. Yes. So like you look at the first four Twisted Metal games and you're like, oh, all right, I see where you're coming from here. Like this, you know, a lot of stuff like Spawn and things were coming out around at that same time. So like you see where it's coming from. But then like when they tried to reboot it on the PS3, that bombed because people just car combat games don't work the same way anymore. And like that style of like, edgy stuff just didn't do it for people and so like i think that just is his style of humor and like his style of thing so i yeah i wonder if we'll ever see another game from him and fyi the studio did close down in 2018 okay which this game came out in 2017 yeah so about a year later it closed down yeah All right. Well, that's—I mean—that's all I have to say about that, really. Yeah, I think, uh, that, that, that game doesn't warrant a lot of conversation. The next uh, one warrants a very lengthy conversation. 
Oh man. <laughs> I so I think about Death Stranding more than any human should think about Death Stranding. Uh, I don't because, know. I bet that's a, a something a lot of people can say. Uh mainly because I sometimes recently when I feel like I'm playing a game and I am enjoying it, it makes me think about Death Stranding and I'm like, "Man, I didn't enjoy that." Like I just <laughs> I played it for what felt like forever, but I think it was only like 50 hours, just a long time. But it just was like, I didn't have fun, really. Mm -hmm. And I also think that it's one of the reasons why I just I felt so burnt out for a long time. And it was because I I forced myself to get through that by burnt out. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I I think about it more often than normal because sometimes my friend Scott will bring it up and he'll be like, yeah, man, I thought that when you got to the part where it was snowy on the mountains, I was like, Oh no, he's going to give up here. Like he for sure thought I wasn't going to finish it. And like, so did I, (laughs) because that's a part of the game where it became fucking brutal. And I was like, Oh, we got to trudge up this fucking snowy mountain. And it's so goddamn slow. And I just, I remember what it was like during those final few hours of cinematics, like with the princess beach thing (laughs) and everything that happens in the fucking story, it just was like, Oh my God, I'm not even going to get payoff from this. (laughs) Like (laughs) it's not, I'm not even going to be satisfied with the conclusion. (laughs) And I just, I, I wasn't. And it, it wasn't worth it. I don't think, but I had to know. And I'm glad I'm in the end. I'm glad that I, I know. And I have that context. Because now, if someone ever came up to me and was like, "Yeah, I really like Death Stranding," I would be like, "Let's fight about it right now." <laughs> I was going to ask you, well, a, a couple things, but like, is finishing Death Stranding one of your greatest disappointments of the generation? Uh, yeah, probably. Because even when, probably a couple hours in, I was like, "Oh, I see what this is going for," but stretched across the amount of time people say that this goes for that will become too much. Uh, And then like, it's just one of those things where I kept telling myself like, oh, but it'll pay off. Like it'll have some weird, crazy Kojima story and it'll at least be fun in that way. And then when it didn't even have that, it was like, oh no, oh no. So it might, I, I guess I don't know that I would say it was disappointing is because I guess I expected it. Yeah. um, It's just crazy to think a year ago you were so excited about this. Yeah, because like the trailers show you the only parts that were things that I would enjoy. Right. And so you think like, oh, there will be more of that in mm-hmm. the game like there will be other even just cutscenes. like i just yeah even if the the rest of it was just cutscenes, and it didn't even have that so it was just one of those things where it's like man this is not what i expected yeah the, i kind of wish there was more transparency because there was so much excitement and then like but like weirdly enough, I still feel like a lot of people like this game for whatever reason. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I wonder if it's like Stockholm syndrome. Where like the game held them prisoner for so long that eventually they started to be like, Yeah, you know what? I do enjoy this. <laughs> but I mean, this game was divisive. It was. I, I feel like people who like it liked it quite a bit, and people who did not very much did not. 
Yes. I, mean, I, I don't know that there was really a middle ground. Which, I mean, part of that is it's just so different from Metal Gear Solid. So the people who are big Kojima fans and Metal Gear Solid fans, I think if you were going in expecting like a Metal Gear Solid type of game, you were severely disappointed. Yeah, definitely. So, and it just what a what a fucking bummer, man. Yeah, what a just a bizarre, weird thing. The PC version just got delayed a month. It's coming yeah, out in month. July. Yeah. So people will be able to experience it all over again on the PC. Oh boy! At least it'll have mods. That'll be funny. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to the Death Stranding mods. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I got, man. Right. What a what a bummer. What a fucking bummer. Uh the next game is Dreams, which is a game that technically came out this year. Yeah, it did technically come out this year and it is just one of the coolest things. I I still see things that people have made and I am constantly just in awe of like how the hell did you make this this is this is a crazy level of fidelity and detail for this kind of thing yeah it's just it's like it's weird to put it in the same category as everything else because it's it's not even really a game it's just like a game engine a game maker I don't even want to say made easy because I think it is still because yeah no dense. you have to watch hours and hours of tutorial videos yes. and go through all kinds of shit. Did you go through all the tutorials or? No, I didn't. I I messed around with it a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where you realize very quickly the amount of dedication and patience it's going to take to even make something that is tiny. Right. And I was just like, oh, I, we all know I don't have this in me. <laughs> yeah. I was a little disappointed when I picked it up. Not necessarily that it's bad or anything, but just like, oh, this is much more dense than I was thinking it was going to be. So, like, I figured it would be that way because in Little Big Planet, if you wanted to make something cool, even though the tools were easy, mm-hmm. it would still take a lot. I mean, I made my fair share of cars strapped to rockets in Little Big Planet. But that's one of those things where that already has a lot of pre-made stuff that works and you're kind of just putting it together. Right. Whereas this, I was like, Oh, it's going to be deconstructed even a couple levels further than that. Like you're basically making everything from scratch and it, it takes a lot, but the, the act of playing things that people have made is awesome. Yeah. I love just doing like what they call the dream surfing and just kind of like seeing what people make. It's, it's so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still one of those things where people are still cranking away at it and making all kinds of cool things, figuring out new t- tricks mm-hmm. and how to do more with it. And it it's just an amazing tool. Two things I want to see with this game is one, I want to see in a few years when we get these like projects that people have been working years on. Mm-hmm. And then I also, I want to see this game come to PC. Yeah, that would that would be nuts. Uh just because keyboard and mouse being able to do this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's going to be insane. I'm also... I mean, especially for the sculpting and things like that, that would be a game changer. Yes. I'm also kind of curious to hear when they're going to release the VR cuz this is supposed to have VR support as well. Oh, really? Yes, so like people will be able to make VR games in this. 
Oh, okay. That that's interesting. Yes. Um, and unlike the rest of the game, the VR stuff is going to be like Super Mario Maker Two, where like you have to play through it as the maker. Ah. Uh, to actually get it uploaded, and the reason why is that way people can't just like make like vomit-inducing VR shit <laughs> that would just completely destroy people. Yeah. So like, if you want to do that, you're gonna have to put yourself through that. Just fair. <clears throat> yes. But yeah, uh, eventually it's gonna have VR support. So like, if if you have PSVR, this may end up being like the best thing for PSVR. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, back to shit, Manny. <laughs> Listen, Drive Club tr- it was trying a thing. It was trying a thing. It was a <laughs> complete disaster. It went very poorly for them. Uh, I th- so to be fair to them, I think that in the end, it was what they wanted it to be. Well, except I... for the part where it was there was going to be a free version. Okay, well that just didn't happen. No, but... that didn't happen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Drive Club was very much a driving simulator, and they they were trying to do all kinds of realistic driving, all kinds of cars, weather effects, and all these things, and it came out, and it just didn't, didn't do a lot of that stuff. They did add a lot over time. I think Drive Club shut down now, isn't it? I was going to ask if the servers are still up. No, I don't think you can even play it. Uh, the online servers for Drive Club were shut down. March 31st, 2020. Okay. So less than a month. Wait, ago. what? Really? <laughs> That's I thought it was a long time ago. Uh, huh. That's what but Yeah, I think yeah. I think that means that you can't even play it. I don't know that it had offline stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. I just know it came out and it was a bit of a disaster. Yeah. So I never really looked into it much further than that. Yeah. And it, it, Drive Club is also just on the other end of the spectrum. Like, it's one of those types of racing games that I personally don't enjoy, where it's much closer to realism. Right. And so I would rather a more arcadey type thing. So. Huh. Didn't do well. Apparently, there's a game called Drive Club Bikes. I what? didn't even know they. That must have been like an expansion or something. That must have been an expansion. Because like I, I was just kind of looking to see what else the studio has done. And now Drive Club was 2014. 2015 was Drive Club Bikes. And we really haven't seen anything since. So No. It's been five years for Evolution Studios. And so then the next game on the list in the same vein is that type of racing game that I don't really enjoy. Gran Turismo right. Sport. And you know, I actually I heard a conversation somewhere. I don't remember where it was recently where people were trying to figure out why they used to like Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I played a, I played quite a bit of Gran Turismo two and three and I, I had a lot of fun with it and it was after Gran Turismo three that I really just stopped liking it at all. And I think it's one of those things because over time they slowly removed the more fun game aspects of it. Right. Until it is basically just like a straight up racing sim now. And it just, yeah, I don't have a lot of fun with it, I don't think. And Gran Turismo Sport is the extreme of that, where it's all about, hey, race right, don't hit other people, you'll be penalized, blah, blah, blah. And it was like you would have to race at certain times and do all kinds of stuff that just is the opposite of how I want to play a racing game. Yeah, and just like, 
if you want to play that type of game, there are just better simulators out there. This this isn't necessarily bad, but like there's Forza, there's the 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 Dirt series. Yeah, and it was also it was weird because it just wasn't even like a full Gran Turismo game. Yeah, it, it it's a lot smaller than what Gran Turismo Six was, and they I mean they put a lot of effort into those games normally for like modeling the cars and the way they sound and stuff. Like they go out there and record all that stuff, and usually they're insane. Uh, but Gran Turismo Sport definitely had a lot less content. I don't necessarily know what the update support for it was like. Um, I'm looking at the update support, and they've been updating it all along. And yeah. February 27th, 2020 is the last update, so. Hmm. So, I mean, hey, people are still playing it, so. It's, yeah, people are still it playing it. Counts for it. something. Um, I, I, and it's not necessarily where it's bad. I think it just kind of got, like, middling reviews, and nobody was really kind of blown away by it. Yeah. It's also, Gran Turismo's weird, because, like, it's not coming out at a very steady pace anymore either. Well, no, but that's the way they make those things. Well, man. That's true. I remember the oh, Gran Turismo five that was crazy. And then it like launched not complete mm-hmm. too. It was weird. Yeah. I mean, it's going to come out and like, this is, this is the one game the studio made this generation. So, mm-hmm. Um, but to move on to a game that I know you played, and I know you generally yeah. like, Doug. Uh, yeah, Rush I 2. actually, I thought about this when I looked at this list. I Gravity Rush Two is probably one of my favorite Sony exclusive PS4 games. Really? Um, I generally like Gravity Rush One quite a bit. Uh, I played through a, most of it on the Vita, but didn't finish it, and then I. Uh, played through it in the re-release on the PS4. And I really like that. And Gravity Rush 2 picks up where the original left off on kind of like a cliffhanger-y type thing. And it just, it does a good job of completing that story arc that they laid out. Um, So there will almost certainly never be another one just because it would have to be something a lot different or with different characters. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting but I, I don't know it's fun gameplay like you control gravity powers and you like pick a point of gravity and you can fly to that uh it, it's in this really strange world where it represents classism really well because the people that live way higher up are the richer people and then the people that live down below near the surface are the poorer people um and actually a lot of the game is about class struggle and it's just, it does a good job with that stuff. But there's a lot of content. The mechanics are generally pretty fun. The mm-hmm. characters are pretty well developed. And it, it's one of those weird cases where they actually, like, wrap up a story pretty well. Okay. Because a lot of games, they just, they always try to leave something where they're like, oh, but there's just this little thing where, like, if we get to make another one, we'll, you know, we're leaving the seed of whatever and this really didn't have that. Like it kind of just took care of the the plot and that was cool. And it had a lot of interesting, weird online elements that they actually uh, shut down I, I, within the past year. So there are some like unlockable costumes and stuff you can't get anymore because of that. Oh, which that's is a bummer, I guess. Strange. I, I don't know why they did that, but 
yeah it, it's just it's a cool game the art style is fun i i really like the music and everything almost everything about it uh but it was one of those things where it's just it's a really niche title and not many people obviously played the first one because it was a fucking vita game right but so then it then was re-released it, but i don't know how it was re-released but even yeah. then like it's still one of those things where this isn't going to appeal to a super huge wide audience right so it just it didn't sell very well and uh it's one of those it's just kind of a bummer because it's one of those series that i would really like to see more of but i just don't think we ever will yeah i um this is one of the ones i i downloaded and tried for a couple hours Mm -hmm. i thought i might really like the mobility and stuff but it didn't really click with me i didn't really like the way flying and moving around felt yeah i mean it takes you gotta get used to it and also you unlock more abilities and stuff. control and abilities mm. later in the game i don't remember exactly how well those were doled out but right. you definitely get more as time goes on i don't I, know i also don't really like flying in video games so that's yeah but yeah it seems like a really cool stylish uh game and mm. very unique from pretty much anything else on this list yeah definitely um the next one, God of War, is probably one of the biggest heavy hitters of this list. Yes, um, definitely. It is. I, it took a very long time. I, they, I believe they took about five years working on this game. But uh, they really just kind of... What I appreciate about this game is they they didn't just make another God of War game. They went back to the drawing board and really asked, how can we take this series in a new direction? And they just completely flipped the series on its head uh, with the art style, adding a son for um, a Kratos, uh, actually delivering a good story. Actually delivering a good story. <laughs> I, I mean, incredible visuals, amazing bo- boss fights, which, I mean, I guess the originals had great boss fights as well. I mean, very. Yeah. But I, I, just very different, uh, mm-hmm. I would assume. I, you and I are not the most familiar with the original God of War games. No, I just actively don't like them. Yes. Where this, uh, they even threw away the weapon the, the and gave you a new weapon, at least at the mm-hmm. start, not to spoil anything for later. But, mm-hmm. like, God, it may be one of the most satisfying things this generation, throwing that axe and calling it back. It's so fucking good, man. I, God... This game is really cool, and I. It's one of those things where this is. This is why I like things that diverge from what they were previously, is because, right. like, I just. I didn't. I, I mean, I tried God of War 1 and 2. I, I played them for, like, hours each. Like, I got halfway through the first one, probably, like, a quarter to halfway through the second one, and I just don't. The combat didn't click with me. I just, the hyper violence was weird and felt overly gratuitous for no reason. And it just, it, it didn't do it for me at all. Right. And it wasn't telling a super compelling story or anything that I was super drawn into. And then I remember when they announced this one and they basically were like, Oh, Hey, it's Kratos is back. And it has Norse mythology this time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Too bad. I don't like God of War. Yeah. And so then it was one of those things where the more they showed about it, the more I was like, oh, this is way different. 
and I might actually like it this time. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where I'm really glad that I did give it a shot because it just, yeah, it, it's so different and they did such a good job. The, the combat is fun and fluid. Like you said, the weapon is awesome to throw the ax and then recall it. Like when he fucking catches that ax, it's just the most satisfying mm-hmm. goddamn thing in the world. Uh, and even like if you're worried about the fact that it's basically you're babysitting the son Atreus the whole game, like he actually is functional and good, useful and helpful in you, combat. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but when I think about this game, it's it's a game of moments for me. Yeah. When you really start breaking it down, which I don't want to spoil too many, but like I just think about that start when you're. Like, the way the game starts and you chop down that tree. And Mm -hmm. there's just this weird tension between Kratos and Atreus, his son, where it feels like something happened before the game even began. Uh, And then it's just the... Which I guess we could talk about the premise of the game, which the whole premise is, like, you're just trying to deliver, like, Atreus' mother's, uh, Kratos' wife, the ashes to the highest peak in the realm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just lighting her, her body on fire right at the start of the game, getting those ashes. So then you can go off on the adventure. Uh, but then like, which you go off in a little bit and then you come back to the cabin and then that's when that amazing fight scene where you meet the, the stranger or whatever it's called. Oh, that is fucking, I love it so much. Yes. where that boss battle you don't really know who this guy is you find out later on in the game but like the more you punch him he just kind of laughs it off and he's just like come on i thought you'd be different i thought you'd make me feel things and oh it's just yeah. oh so just... and just like uh, from a storytelling perspective too it's just it's all so well done mm-hmm. that it it's crazy and it's god of war and the last of us are two games i think about when people ask what makes video games special as a medium. Mm -hmm. And it's because they, both of those things, both of those games do things that you can't do in other media. Like uh, the one that I always use in his example and last of us kind of does this too, is there's the part where Atreus becomes really shitty, (laughs) which anyone who played the game knows exactly what part I'm talking about. And like, normally you'll push a button and it, he'll come over to help you do something, but then he doesn't Mm -hmm. anymore because he's being such a shithead. And you're like, Oh man, this kid is needs a beating pronto. Mm -hmm. But it's just one of those things where you're like, Oh fuck, he won't come over here. Like he has free, he has agency right outside of that. Like this is just, it's a crazy thing. And something happens like that in the last of us too, where Ellie's pissed off at Joel and you ask her to come over and you realize, Oh, she's not even paying attention. You have to go talk to her and like ask her what, what her problem is. But it's just, there are, yeah, like moments like that, things that are just so well done. And you're like, Oh, this is Mm -hmm. something that is unique to this medium. And not just that. That's super cool. I mean, this is like, this has me so excited about the future God of war. And I just remember the conversations after this game, like, what do you want to see next? It's not even like God of War 2 or whatever they're going to call it. Like, what, where do you want to see this franchise go next? Do they want to go to Japan? Do you want to see, like, Egyptian? Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, 
it, it's one of those cases where like I don't know if I would mind to see this franchise go like nine, ten games as long as they're gonna really spice it up and go into all these different mythologies. I don't know how you feel personally, but yeah, I would like that. I mean, they definitely seed that as a possibility in this game like they they make it well known i mean obviously because it was different mythology in the previous games right to now norse mythology and they they let it be known that there are other mythologies in this world and that they all do exist at the same time Mm -hmm. so that's where i was like oh shit like you could do so many things with this and I, I would love to see them do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and if I remember correctly from the Raising Kratos documentary, which, by the way, I would highly recommend anybody watch that. It's just a documentary on the making of this game. Uh, I believe they talked about how initially it was going to be Egypt. Yes. and then But then they eventually decided to go with Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. which this game really influenced you because like after you played this game, you went out and bought like North mythology books. Yeah, I did. I read lots of Norse mythology after this. Uh, or have you kind of kept up with that or did you kind of like read some? Books? Uh, I mean, I read the main one that has all of the Norse stories in it. Oh, okay. Or at least the ones that are properly translated into English. Right. Which was an awesome read. Yeah, uh, I I mean I I loved this game. It is definitely one of those like game of the game of the the generation. And I I know some people who say like this is the greatest game ever made. And it's one of those cases where like I can't even like fight that. Like I could absolutely see somebody say that. Mm-hmm. The next game, uh, Hidden Agenda is something that you and I played. We did. I actually we played with Nukio as well. We did. So this is one of those play link games yes. where you all have your phone out and certain people will see certain things and sometimes other people don't see and you can vote on choices and like look for clues and this weird murder mystery type thing. Yeah, you're like a detective or a police officer solving a murder. Yeah. And you're just kind of going around talking to people. And as you said, the decisions you make are all through your phone. Uh, yeah. I remember like it did these weird things where it'd be like, who among you in the group is the most decisive? Yeah. And then like, who, who among you? <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember all the rest of them, but like, yeah, but then like, it would depend on like what your answer was. Yes. If you got to make the next choice alone or right. whatever. So they were trying to come up with ways to like gamify it, I guess. Yeah. Which I don't know if that was the best idea. Well, and so like what what will forever be a black mark on this game for me is we got the worst possible ending because it wasn't clear like what we needed to do at that moment. I mean, it popped up and said, do this one thing. So then we did it. And then it just ended. and that was wrong and yes. it was over it yes. was like bizarre it was like we shot someone who was definitely not supposed to be shot but like the game very clearly told us to do that mm-hmm. and it oh man and then it just was over like yeah there was no follow-up no anything <laughs> it was so weird yeah it's just i don't know but it at least 
it, it was a cool enough concept and it set the stage for what Supermassive is doing now with right. Man of Medan where they can do the same type of thing but better by all accounts. Yeah, I, I like like those kind of stories in general. I enjoy like a police detective and like yeah, solving crime. But it, I don't know. There's just something about it in video games that I'm just not a huge fan of personally. Interesting. I I, I don't know how you feel, but like uh, generally, I like them. I mean, I'm Phoenix Wright, right? Big fan. Uh, but I I guess I can't think of many others that aren't like just straight up adventure games. Yeah, because like L.A. Noir uh, comes to mind. This uh, we were just talking about another one earlier. Um. God. Oh, Detroit there Become that, Human. There uh, was that Square Enix game, right. Ghost Detective. Yes, but I, I Detroit like Become that. Human had that those elements. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. Uh, I guess I just don't enjoy just kind of like walking around a scene, and then like you see a blinking light, and it's like, oh, this is the clue, and then you pick it up, type of thing. Hmm. It just doesn't. The, the gameplay just doesn't click with me. But. Yeah, the the biggest thing is we got the, like one of the most. It's got to be one of the worst endings I've encountered this generation for a video game. And to be fair, we did get the bad one. Uh, I but... would hope it it's the bad one. If that's the good one, yikes! Well, no, because we didn't even find out who the murderer was. Uh, right. We we so... assume the murderer is the person we shot, but we never found out. Or... Yeah. Uh, yeah. We didn't find the information. No. Just. Yeah, not not great. I wouldn't recommend no, it. Definitely not. All right, and we're here. This is your time to shine. <laughs> yes. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I don't know what it is about. Well, I do know exactly, but like, it just clicked with me in a way that like nothing else on this list has clicked with me. Uh, like nothing this generation has clicked with me because like you and I are very similar. We play a game, we finish it and we never pick it up again. We we're yeah. done with it. I remember finishing this game and then I was just like, I want to keep playing. So I just kept playing I uh, hit level 50, which was the level cap. And then I was just like, now what am I going to do? So I just started the game over and just played through the game again. And then I played through the entire game again. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to play through the game again. And then I played through it a third time. <laughs> and then after that, I just kind of like stopped playing video games for a couple months. I was just like, yeah. I am really satisfied and happy. I don't really need to play video games right now. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Like this game just like hit me in a way that like the way other people feel about like breath of the wild. And I, uh, I, where this, to a lot of people, I think is just like a good to great open world game, but nothing much more than that. Or to me, it's just like, it is very, very special. Hmm. Yeah, because I know you personally were not a fan of this. No, I bounced off of this pretty much immediately. Is there anything that could be changed to make you like it more? Or is it just like... Uh, I mean, it's just that style of game. Like, I... Open world games just don't really do it for me anymore. Right. And I didn't... I personally didn't find most of the open world stuff compelling at all. Right, yeah. 
and I don't necessarily really like bow combat and anything. So it's mm-hmm. like it's not necessarily a lot of stuff that the game is doing. It's just design choices that like that's what the game is that don't click with me. So yes. it's not like I, I don't dislike it as a game i just dislike it as like something personally like it just doesn't do things that i like in video games yeah i I get that so it's it's hard for for me to like really knock it or anything because i by all accounts like most people who got through it i think really liked it Mm -hmm. and uh like the acting and everything is pretty good the graphics are awesome in it Especially for an open world game. I think it looks really good. Yeah. Uh, the character, like, facial expressions are not great, but, like, none of that. They didn't do any, like, motion capture. Yeah. So that was just all hand-drawn, which is just kind of really impressive, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this is... And I think one of the reasons why I like it is, like, I like Ubisoft open world games. Yeah. And this is just, like, a Ubisoft open world game, but with bow combat which i love bow combat and i just enjoyed the act of running around and like fighting these gigantic robot monsters i i don't know if the game as i said it just it just basically checked every every box for me for mm. just what i which makes sense what i like about video games because honestly if i were to sit down and make like a top 10 list of the like my favorite games of the generation i would guess at least half of them would be open world games which i'm guessing years would not be that many almost certainly not i one if that maybe i would guess two uh because uh oh two yeah you're the right Witcher and breath of the wild I yeah think. breath of the wild i it's so weird breath of the wild i mm-hmm. in my brain it doesn't Count. register as that like, yeah but it right. is definitely uh where like yeah mine would be at least half half uh open world games yeah which another one is a game we'll talk about later uh the next game is in- oh that is true uh the next game is infamous second son um yeah this game is fine yeah. i I so this game's weird because I feel like over time I have I like it less. Oh really? And and it I don't know that it's anything that the game did. I think it's just like it was a cool game at the time and then it's been so long since then that I don't know mm-hmm. if my memory of it has just deteriorated or it's just that I, I yeah, I don't know because I, this is one of the only video games I ever got early before its release date. <laughs> Amazon delivered it the day before it came out to me, actually. Oh, nice. Uh, and it was one of the first... I, I don't know, like, after the launch... It was one of the first games that came out in the launch window of the PS4, so it was like a month or two after, a couple months after. Yeah, uh, I believe it was 2014. Yeah, and so, like, I really liked Infamous 1 mm-hmm. quite a bit, and then Infamous 2 I liked less, but I was still like, okay, I see where it's going. And so I was glad that Infamous Second Son uh, had a different protagonist with different powers. You have the uh, your Delson Rowe, who is just literally Troy Baker. <laughs> um, He's Native American. He is Native American, but he looks like Troy Baker and he dresses like Troy Baker and that's his voice actor. So it's just like, this is just, you showed up to the studio one day and they were like, let's model it. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, but yeah, the, his fire powers were cool and you mm-hmm. get the the couple others, like the neon. Um, and the stones, I think you get at the end. Yes, yeah, 
Stone and uh, the like video one. Oh the, yes, the, yes. Like, glitchy video guy. And so like those are all fun. I personally love the neon one. I think that was super fun. I, that uh, was to the just one like they, run straight up buildings and stuff. I was gonna say you could basically just like f- not quite fly, but you could just like go places and just yeah. And then there was that DLC thing where you played as her, and I I don't know that I ended up finishing that. It just that with yeah, that was strange. Uh, but I did like her as a character in that game. Uh, yeah, and this is one of those games where the it's a smaller open world. Yes. Uh, so everything is like pretty self-contained, but it's one of those things where there's not a lot to do in it other than just like collect shit. Yeah, this I remember this open world was very like generic. I don't want to like I don't mean this like necessarily negatively, but like no generic yeah. uh like crime where mm-hmm. like. The uh, different sections of the city are controlled by like a certain group, and then you have to just basically go in and just like kick that group out by doing like just missions and side quests and just whatever. Yeah, uh, that that was the the open world, right? That's how it was. Yeah, that that was what the open world was like. And then it this game also wasn't super long, which is no. good because I think it would have outstayed its welcome if it had gone on much longer. Really like 10 to 12 hours if that. Um You know what my favorite part of this game is? <laughs> I, I was gonna bring it up too, and I know exactly what it is. It's the spray, yeah, the, it's the fucking spray, paint. spray painting. Yeah. What is why is it so memorable? I love it so much. It's because the, you the like clicking noise it that comes out of the, the, the controller. It feels so good. It does. And I, it's so weird to say that out loud, but I, oh man. Yeah. You like, there was a spray painting mini game and you got to shake the controller. Like it's a spray paint can. It makes that sound and it, oh, top notch. Yeah. Just, it was very (laughs) satisfying. It was. So I, yeah, I really like that, but the, the game itself is fine. It's just, I, when I think back on it, I, the fact that that's the most memorable thing, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah. it just comes it it feels very much like a launch window game where yeah, yeah. they need like Sony needed something so then they just made another infamous game i mm. uh, one thing that is a bit of a bummer with you know everything that's going on this was going to be Sony was supposed to be much later in the year so we would have yeah. been able to talk about Ghost of Tsushima yeah, but now we're not getting that opportunity. Oh, and we, in theory, would have been able to talk about the last of the us last too, of as us well, as well if it hadn't gotten delayed. Yeah. So those two, unfortunately, will not be part of this conversation. But like, it's so exciting to see Sucker Punch be able to work on something new that is, you know, goes to Tsushima. Yeah, and they've been working on it for a long time. So uh, six years. Yeah. So I, I, I can't wait to see what that is. Yeah, because I mean they. Before that, I mean, they've pretty much only ever worked on sequels. I mean, they did Sly Cooper, then they did, I believe, a trilogy of Sly Cooper. They did, and then they made a fourth one, and uh, yeah, then they went to Infamous, which was new, but then they made two Infamous games in a standalone DLC thing for Second Son after that. Right. And yeah, then they fell off the face of the earth while they were making Ghost of Tsushima. Which, uh, it's very nice to see them being able to try something new. Yeah. Uh, And that is definitely something very exciting. Mm -hmm. And FYI, they only did make three of the Sly Coopers. It was a different studio that made uh, the... Oh, the fourth one? The Thieves in Time. 
Interesting. That's my favorite one. Sanzaru Games. Oh, yes. It was Sanzaru. That is true. Uh, but now we're going to talk about the true games of the generation. Mac <laughs> 1 and 2. I played Mac 1. Did you? Not through the whole thing, but it was one I of played the, parts of Mac 1. Uh, it was one of the things I downloaded and tried for a little bit. Yeah, it's not great. Um Yeah, that's about what I would say. It like there's just when you play games like Mario and Ratchet and Clank they have a certain charm to them. Oh, Knack is doesn't have that. No, that's my entire point. <laughs> Knack is it just like, what is this game? It, okay, so what it is is Mark Cerny's tech demo for how sick particles are on the PS4. <laughs> because that was their whole pitch for it, basically. Uh, was he just is a bunch of floating particles. And so that's cool but then you have to make a game around that that is compelling and what comes out of that is by all accounts a pretty generic 3d platformer like, uh and then neck one gets like brutally hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i think is really funny uh because it's just that's so not what you would expect but there are parts of it that get pretty challenging and it's just it's a really forgettable thing and like there's no real memorable characters and like you see knack and you're like okay i recognize that guy the, the little monster guy thing but other than that it's just like there's nothing to it really right and that and was then they made a fucking sequel what but that was what i was going to say like i played it it felt like this like charmless character platformer and then it would have these like weird difficulty spikes, and it's like this is harder than I want this like thing to be. Like at the very worst, I just kind of want this to be like a like a Lego game where you're just like brain dead making your way through levels. Mm-hmm. But instead, I just kept like dying over and over and over again. I'm like, what is this game? <laughs> and then yeah, they made a knack too, which that was. Which, like, the gimmick was that then there was two knacks, yeah. and it could be two player, and it was, it was like, what the fuck kind of gimmick is that? Um, we, we, another game we played had that gimmick. Unravel. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. And yeah, Knack 2 just like, was the same thing. I was like, wow, you guys made a sequel, huh? Mm-hmm. Why? Like, are they going to make Knack 3? And why? I... If they do, I don't know. Are they? I don't know. I'm, that's, on, I'm asking. I feel like that completely comes down to if Mark Cerny wants to make a Knack 3. I guess. I, I, he has enough pull. He can probably do whatever I mean, he, he wants. definitely does. He's a console architect. But, like, it, it just, yeah, it's a weird soulless thing. And, like, everybody loves to meme on Knack. Yes. Uh, because Sony would made a big deal about both of them. And it was like, mm, I don't know about that one. And they definitely didn't sell well enough to make a big deal about them. So no, just weird. It I don't is... know if they were like trying to make it a new mascot and it just failed or what, yeah. what was going on there. But it is just, it's one of those things where like, I don't think it's necessarily bad, but like it is definitely the biggest, one of the biggest jokes of the generation. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I, part of that is probably not helped by donkey. No, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Yes. Uh, that was definitely 
just a weird it's gonna be one of those things in like 10 years someone's gonna bring up neck and you're just like oh yeah neck i know why did they make neck Um, yeah like it's weird enough like if neck one was just that was it and it was a launch game you're like okay they just they made a launch game yeah that happens but then when they make the sequel you're like oh really doubling down on an old neck here Mm -hmm. huh okay sure and they're like, we'll show you that it was a big joke. We'll make a second one. And then, like, nobody really made fun of that other than, like, there was a second neck. But, like, the game came out, and I think it was, like, everyone was like, I guess it's fine. Yeah, it, uh, it's just, <laughs> why did the, why did it happen is my big concern. Speaking of why did it happen, why did Killzone get an Oh, I, it happened because Killzone sold a fuckload. <laughs> It, it, it and also like Sony needed something. Well, yeah, but like I mean, Killzone was like it essentially did. their most popular franchise. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so then Killzone Two did super well. Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck, even I played Killzone Two a lot online, mm-hmm. and then yeah, I Gorilla. That was all they made. You right. know, like that's all they did was make Killzone games, and like this game looked wildly good graphically. Yes, for early in the PS4, but then it just it is that it's Killzone, right? So you know exactly what you're getting. It's just another first person shooter with the Hellgast soldiers. Which this was also, uh, they did try some new things with just like open open world areas and stuff. Which a lot of it was just kind of testing the engine and figuring out how to make open world areas. So for, for gorilla, this was basically just like a tech demo of uh, figuring out how to do, do stuff for horizon zero dawn. But then also this game was just like, so Sony could have a launch title. Mm. So, cause they, they were primarily working on uh, horizon zero dawn at this time. So, I don't really have a lot to say about this. Like, I tried it for a couple hours. I generally like first-person shooters, but I did not like this game. Yeah, Killzone has, like, a really specific feel to it yes. that you either gotta be into or you're definitely not gonna like it. Yeah, and I'm just... Not... Everything's, like, heavy as hell. Yeah. But I, so. I didn't really like the way the the maps were made and just... It, it didn't click mm. with me. But yeah, I really like Killzone too. That's my Killzone. Is that the one where like it, it, they showed the trailer and it was like the greatest looking thing of all time? And there was that a was huge... the original Killzone. That was the original Killzone. I thought it was yeah. too that they showed like the trailer and everyone was like, "This is the greatest looking thing." And... Uh, no, it was the so the original Killzone had that, and then the game was not really like that i killzone 2's trailer was pretty wild as well but uh... i think it was killzone 2 because that way that came out 2009 which was ps3 era yeah so i think have I am... you ever seen the original killzone trailer I for have. ps2 yes it's not what that game looks like no no <laughs> uh and then yeah i killzone 3 also came out on ps3 yes killzone 2 i was a big fan so. Did you even play Killzone Three? Uh, a little bit. And then you were just like, "I am not into this." I played it with the PlayStation Move gun attachment. Oh, how was that? That was bad. Oh, I could imagine. That was not fun. Do you think I we'll also ever Resistance with that? Oh man, do you think we'll ever see another Killzone, or do you think? Uh, I would hope they're done with it, but 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, if Sony really needs a game, I mean, I don't know that they Gorilla would make it now, but I, mm-hmm. I, it's a Sony IP, so I guess they could give it to somebody else and say, hey, make this. I mean, who would even make a first-person shooter? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. They don't really have a studio that's capable of that other than Gorilla at this point. So. Insomniac made one. Oh, Insomniac could. I mean, I, I forget about Resistance, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that I really like the first two. Um, but I don't know if you really want to use Insomniac. Well, no, but I also Insomniac make... shouldn't make them. Like, I no. remember Fuse. I, they should not do it. So... Uh... The next game is a game that you generally really liked, and that was uh, yeah, The Last I, Guardian. I really like The Last Guardian. Should have come out on the PS3, but we waited until the PS4 era. Team Eco getting in there for the final go-around from the sound of it. And yeah, I I did really like this game, even though I think that a lot of the criticisms people had of it were generally uh, true. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a lot of weird open areas and you got to get the bird dog to listen to you, which a lot of people had trouble with, uh, which you just have to like figure out how to actually make it listen to your instructions, which once you do that, then you're in. Does it feel the rest of the game? Does that does that process feel gamey or does it feel like you're just kind of like bonding with an animal? Uh half and half i guess because because there are definitely that that those are the parts i like is that it does genuinely feel like an animal uh trico i believe its name is yes um and and so like that those parts i like and you know an animal is not always going to listen to you right but is that a fun gameplay mechanic no like you you want the thing to do what you want especially when you're solve using it to solve a puzzle so, like, when it just decides to be like, well, I'm going to go over here and you're like, no, you dumb animal. We're we got to start over now. Uh, so, like, parts like that were occasionally frustrating. But once you, like, figure out where you have to be on it to make it listen to your calls and stuff, uh, it generally works pretty well as a puzzle game. I think that maybe it went on a little bit too long. Uh, but I did generally I I don't know I like Trico and you generally bond with the animal so it's sad when it gets hurt and when stuff happens to it and it does it does what its intent is to to make you give a shit about that animal yeah it um it, this is this game to me will ever forever be like tied to uh, Final Fantasy 15 because these were the two games that like were just basically huge jokes that were in development for way too long. And then they both came out like within a couple months of each other from what I remember. Yes, that is true. Cause this game came out in, I believe November. Yeah. They both came out within a couple months mm-hmm. of each other or a month of each other, I think, which was but... just so weird that like, yeah, cause games... they had both been in development for so long. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I remember like people were generally very positive about this game but there were these elements that where you're like this in some ways feels like a ps3 game uh i think in some ways it feels like a ps2 game to be honest with you it's just one of those things where i don't know that team eco fully evolved in design mm-hmm. philosophy because i mean the games they had made before that were shadow of the colossus and eco right which were both very much ps2 games and this last guardian should have been uh pretty relatively early ps3 game and i think it's 
you know, kind of obvious that their design philosophies hadn't changed that much over time. They were just given better tech. Right. And so it's one of those things where like, yeah, people look back fondly on Shadow of the Colossus and Eco, but you go back and play those original ones now and it's it's kind of tough because they just have elements that are like, oh, this isn't, you know, super friendly and the UI, if there is any, is weird. And it just, yeah, they, they feel dated now. And so in some ways, The Last Guardian feels like that. Like it just, it feels like it was sort of almost displaced from time. Uh, and that's not to say that it's not a good game or anything like I did really enjoy it, but it just is one of those things where it just feels strange at times. Right. So it's cool. And I'm glad that it did finally get to come out because it was your, like you said, one of those crazy things where people were like, yeah, this is never going to come out. Yeah. I don't think I, anybody really believed it was going to come out because as you said, I mean, it was in development all through the PS3 era and then like halfway through the PS4 era, it finally came out. So. Well, no, and it like basically was canceled numerous times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is just, yeah, it's a, it was a bizarre turn of events that it even actually came out. So, cause I mean, fuck the director didn't even work for Sony anymore. Yeah, he went off when he did most of the work on this game. So it was one of those things where when he left, people were like, oh, they're never going to make this and finish it now. Yeah, because he he has gen design. He does gen design, right? I believe so. Yeah. Which they were just picked up by Epic. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know. Like, do you think we'll ever see another Team Eco game again? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I because we haven't at this point. I have no idea. (laughs) they're just like this weird studio that i don't yeah who knows what they're what's going on because they didn't even make like the shadow of the colossus remake i mean that was no yeah so that's weird Mm -hmm. definitely uh the next game uh, uh medieval i don't really have a lot to say about it i you know i wanted to play this did you at first when it was announced because I was like you know I never really played medieval mm-hmm. other than like probably the first stage in a demo once on a PS1 and it's one of those things where it's like oh I like the aesthetic of it right like that weird kind of like halloweeny feel but it's more like fun instead of horror and uh I then I saw what the remake looked like and I said oh no no thank you And it just, yeah, it was like they made it seem like it was like this huge full remake thing. And I mean, they did remake the game, but it was a smaller, like $30 product, if I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, probably $30, $40. And it just like it looked like a budget game. It also like was just sent out to die because it Mm -hmm. came out right around the same time as Concrete Genie. Yep, and right before Death Stranding, which you were all in at that point, you were all in on Death Stranding. I mean, and most pe- most people were excited to try what Death Stranding was at that point. Yeah, and Sony does that. We've discussed that before. They do that with a lot of stuff when they don't have a lot of faith that it's gonna sell. They just like don't market it. Well, and they, I mean, like they could have delayed or put it out at a different time, but instead they put it, I believe, a couple weeks before Death Stranding. Yeah, it came out at a bad time in general, and then it came out to, like, relatively mediocre to bad review scores. And 
I think it's one of those things where I, I don't even know that people liked medieval to begin with. I think it's just one of those things where a lot of people had nostalgia for it because they played that fucking demo disc that everybody had for PS one. And also like, you know, when you're a kid at that time and you get a game like that, you think it's really cool because it's like the game you got. Right. And it's the one you had. So, I mean like medieval originally came out, uh at a time where like we or people in our age range would have been super stoked to have any game so it's just one of those things where sometimes people have these games that they remember fondly but then you go back to them and you're like oh you know maybe (laughs) maybe i was a dumb kid or like this just hit me at the exact right time and i enjoyed it then as like a very time and place kind of thing right and so I i think medieval was like that for a lot of people yeah, I, I was just curious. The Metacritic score was 67, so... Yeah, and it's like it's one of those things where uh, obviously like the Spyro remakes did super well, the Crash Bandicoot remakes did super well, so either this wasn't that good of a remake or the game wasn't that good in the first place. I think possibly a combination of the two. It also helps that those games are three games in one. Yeah. Where this is just like just one of the medieval games. Mm-hmm. where they probably should have taken time and just maybe put them all in a package type of thing. Well, yeah, then it would have been one and two, and then the whatever the other one was that wasn't... Yeah. I think maybe it was only two. I think there was only two. Um, That so, I'm not sure about. Yeah, but, I, yeah, there were only two. So, yeah, that's strange. Um, Then we've got MLB The Show, which I have not played any this generation, which is kind of sad, actually. Uh, I wish that I had because I like them a lot. Oh, do you? Previously, yeah. Uh, the I played a lot on PS3. Hmm. Um, yeah, they usually just—I mean, the franchise mode is super fun and creating your own team and players and right. the career mode and all that is—it's fun. I, I don't know. I like baseball video games, and these actually aren't going to be. These are going to be multi-platform now. Yeah, uh, starting I think that, next year. Yeah, the MLB said. Hey man, you best pay the fuck up, or make them go multi-platform. And so there's Sony. It's weird because Sony will still be developing it, yes. but now there'll be a Sony developed game on other platforms. Which, um, I believe it's going to be Switch and Xbox because that was announced, and then like the other two like tweeted out about it. So Jesus, MLB the Show is one of the best looking things yes. ever. So imagining what that will be on the Switch is crazy. I, I, I imagine not like high-end PCs. Because fucking even back on the PS3, that shit looked like real baseball. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. Yeah, and high-end PCs will be just <laughs> the craziest shit. Like these, right. these games look incredibly lifelike. Uh, and they they play well too. And they do, they actually like they care about it which is strange for a sports developer that a sports developer that <laughs> is a was an exclusive because normally that just is an excuse to not give a fuck but they actually really did good work on these games yeah i mean like i i've heard a lot of people say like they bought a ps4 because they like baseball and the show is the only you know worthwhile baseball game on the market and I bet, oh man, I bet I could get one of them for super cheap. Oh, you could probably get like 2014, 2015 for super cheap, yeah. 
Yeah. I just don't really like baseball games personally or just baseball in uh, general. So like love baseball games. Uh, not for me, but like, yeah, I mean, like I wanted to at least talk about them all via the show because it's just one of those things where they keep cranking them out. And for the most part, they're very well received. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is just kind of weird that it's Sony published, but they are Sony published and that's Neo one and yeah, two. one and two. Um, Neo two just came out, and it gets. Uh, it was like an eighty five uh, open critic score or something like that. It's already had a lot of updates too. They're oh, doing it? a lot to it. Um, yeah, I this should be up my alley. I just never tried it. Uh, Do you think it's yeah, d- partially because you? I not to cut you off, but like no, <laughs> there's just been so many like uh, uh, Dark Souls games. No, so I don't remember. Something else came out when Neo One came out, and I don't. I remember. I don't remember what it was. It was probably Breath of the Wild. Yeah, because I was playing something else when Neo came out, and I remember uh, Nukio got it and said that I could game share it with him, because he didn't end up being that big of a fan. But I just I never ended up doing it. It yeah. was also a ridiculously huge download. I. It was March thirteenth, twenty seventeen, or. Our North America was March 7th, 2017. Okay. So, so yeah, right around that time. You would have gotten your Switch, and you would have been all about your Switch. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's basically, like, somewhere in between Bloodborne and Dark Souls, right? And it's about samurai Japanese-type mythology with magic spells as well. Right. Uh, yeah, it's more like... What was the the Dark Souls one that came out last year? Uh, Sekiro. Sekiro. I mean, it, it's probably more in line with like Sekiro, where you're like a samurai. Yeah, and like gameplay-wise, it is definitely closer to Dark Souls than right. Yeah, that's probably what Sekiro is. But it just, yeah, I, I don't know. Everything about it is super interesting, and it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, I, I don't really know. You, sometimes you're just not in the right. It doesn't come out at the right time or whatever, so you just miss something. Because I, I think I would really like them. Do you? Well, that's what I was kind of saying though. Like, I feel like you. I I don't know like you personally, but like I feel like people probably have like one a year of those kind of games. Like those are not something you want to play like on a regular basis. I would assume. Uh, yeah. It depends if they're good ones or not. I mean, there's a lot of like mediocre Dark Souls. But these aren't like just mediocre. I mean, these are like well made. No, yeah, they're good exclusive games. Mm-hmm. So like that's why I. I would probably play two if given the opportunity, if I had time to. Which, I mean, with no video games coming out, I mean, like, you may find yourself having a little more time here. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. It depends how Final Fantasy gets me. <laughs> That's true. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I heard this, like, Neo 2 was, like, brutally hard. Like, considerably uh, harder than, like, the Dark Soul games interesting yeah I, I haven't heard a lot about it other than that it's getting a lot of updates so i'm curious no i from what i understand like it is brutal huh um, so the next one on the list the order 1886 i did not play but i did nice you get to see a uh, vampire penis that's just really great <laughs> <laughs> that is 
probably one of the more memorable moments in the game. It, uh, excellent, excellent. I was just like, oh my god, that's like that's a penis. I that's a flaccid <laughs> vampire penis. <laughs> so ten out of ten is what you're saying. Yes. I see. Uh, yes. uh, but yes, this was like generic third person shooter that was very very pretty to look at. Uh, especially at the time, it was probably considered the best-looking game of all time at the when it first in it, uh, released. Um, but outside of the gameplay, it really didn't do much. It was just very linear. I was going to say, isn't that why it was able to have such good graphics? Is it because it was so linear? Was, there was yes. like not anything outside of the path you're looking at? And it was maybe seven hours. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was super short, too. Uh, yeah, it, it's all right. I, I enjoy third person like cover shooters and stuff. So I probably liked it more than most people, but I really just like, other than like the time period, which would have been obviously around 1886, uh, it didn't really do anything too special other than like, it was like 1886 and then there were like vampires and werewolves involved in the story. Yeah. That's, I do remember the vampires mm-hmm. um, the next game is a game that I played and I really liked uh, Ratchet and Clank which mm, was yes, I did not play this one I've played numerous Ratchet and Clank games but not this one is there a reason you didn't you were just like I've played I played the first one so I don't really need to play this remake Is was that kind yeah of... just because it was kind of like a reboot mm-hmm. slash remake thing and it was like you know this will probably be good but it's just not you know I've I've played numerous Ratchet and Clank right. games. I'll be okay if I miss this one. Or... Which I, there's just like a lot, so much charm with them. They, mm-hmm. they just they're really well made third person shooters, uh, well made platformers. And then I just like all the wacky and weird guns. And then being able to level those guns up is a lot of fun. Um, this was one of the first games that I bought my cousin for his PlayStation Four, and I know he was just like a huge fan of like, you know, making because like they just have these weird and wacky guns. Like one of them is like I don't remember Groovatron, I believe it was called. Yeah, uh, where you shoot out the disco you ball. Just shoot out the disco that's, ball, and then that's my favorite Ratchet and Clank gun. Yes, and then you just like you make bosses or whoever like uh, dance, and then there's a boss battle where somebody shoots uh, the Groovatron at you, and then you are dancing. Uh, there was the sheepinator where you just like shoot them and they turn into a sheep. Yeah, like I love all those classic Ratchet and Clank guns, yeah. and they e- even in the later ones they would still somehow come up with new ideas yes. that were all like, oh, you know, this is fucking wild mm-hmm. and actually pretty fun. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the the game's just it, it's just a really well made uh, third uh, third person shooting platformer. I, I realize that it's just a remake, but they were able to add in some new jokes and just like there is a charm. And I, I just generally like Insomniac games in general. Yeah. Which I, I feel you on that. Yes. Which I guess if we're going to talk about uh, Insomniac games, we might as well just talk about the next one, which is Spider-Man, which. God damn. What a fucking. Oh, they did it. Yeah. They made another good Spider-Man game. Like they figured out mm-hmm. what makes a good Spider-Man game from Spider-Man two and then did it, but better. <laughs> you can tell initially they were like, we need to spend 
like the next two years just developing a good swinging mechanic. It doesn't matter. Like in the, I, they did make a good game around that. Yes. But if all that game was was that swinging, mm-hmm. I would have liked it anyways. Yes. So they were like, let's get the swinging down, and then we'll just put in Arkham combat. But then, like, put a spin on it so it feels more like Spider-Man. Yeah. But it's still very similar. Yeah. And then we'll just add a really compelling story. Yeah, and it did a great job of making characters that you already know everything about interesting again. Yes. Uh, Mary Jane was... Yeah, Mary Jane was good. She was... And she was different. She wasn't just, like, a model, like, a pretty model. She was actually, like, a very strong-willed woman. Mm -hmm. uh, Very well-written. And this is one of the games that I always think about that like literally made me cry at the end. I I teared up at the end of this game. Yeah. I don't know like how, like how you felt, but man, that was a gut punch the way they ended it. No. Yeah. It's definitely uh, very affecting, very affecting for sure. And it, yeah, I mean, I fuck, I loved Mm Spider-Man two on the GameCube. I played the shit out of that game. And it was one of those things where they just kept releasing Spider-Man games. And you're like, look, (laughs) how do these suck this much? You fucking already made one that was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Just like do it again. Right. And they could they could not. No one could do it. And so then when they announced that Insomnia could make a Spider-Man game, I was like, oh, God, I hope this is good. I they got to do it. And all the early stuff that they put out about it was like, we are going to make a Spider-Man game Mm -hmm. that we will be proud of and that you will like. And the fact that they were able to deliver on that, I think is amazing. And like, it's sold incredibly well. Mm -hmm. They are definitely, definitely going to make a sequel. (laughs) Oh, they're yeah. Like it was like one of the best selling games of that, that year. I get it. It outsold God of war. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm just glad that it worked out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes. Because the other uh, Spider-Man games that have littered the decade plus since Spider-Man 2 have just been abysmal. So I'm I'm glad that Insomniac was able to step it up and mm-hmm. make like, just by all accounts, like a great game all around. Yes. Like, I, I can't overstate that enough. It's not just like, hey, they made the swinging good. Like we said, the story is great. And it just, it comes together into a cohesive package that I, you know, I guess I ended up expecting after they showed the first couple trailers. But initially, I was super skeptical. Well, initially, before we even knew it was Insomniac, we knew there was a Spider-Man game. And most people thought it was going to be Sucker Punch because that was the most obvious guess. Yeah, because, I mean, they had made open-world games with superpowers before. Yes. So So everyone was like, oh, this is going to be Sucker Punch. And then, like, Insomniac's making this. And then what ended up helping them a ton is was making Sunset Overdrive, which we'll talk about Sunset Overdrive in a few weeks. Yeah, and it it helped them figure out that traversal and, like, how to make it fun. And just how to make an open-world game. Yeah. And it, what makes this game like so interesting is the fact that like when you really th- sit down and think about a lot of the side quests, none of them were really that unique. No, but it was just the act of getting there yes. and then punching a guy was so satisfying that it was like, you know what? I will do this for too long and get the platinum trophy. Or just like <laughs> swinging around and being like, oh, there's a backpack here. I'll go yeah. run around just finding backpacks. Well, that's that that was the most fucked up part. It's like I got all the backpacks before I basically started the plot. 
was it was just like, ooh, I got this backpack, ooh, but there's one close over here, and yeah, it's yeah. fun to get there, so I might as well just go, like, do that. And so, like, I did all those collectible things, like, way faster than I should have, because it was just like, I, I liked getting them, mm-hmm. like, just having a good time. So, yeah, this was, it, yeah. I mean, and even me getting the platinum trophy didn't take a crazy amount of time. Like it's, it's one of those things where I think Spider-Man hits that sweet spot of games where it will probably take like 25 ish hours to like get all the way through it. And the whole time it is a fun, compelling experience. And then if you want to go that extra mile and do the rest of the stuff, it adds another five to 10 hours on. Mm Mm-hmm. But then even then at like 35, 40 hours, that's still not enough to like completely wear out the welcome for me. At least it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, so it, it, I, I mean, to, to me, it was just like one of those golden examples of like, oh, this is paced super well. Yes. It, like, and I think, and that's part of like what I really liked about Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Like I like open world games, but they're not like overwhelming. They're just a good yeah. 30, 25 to 30 hour experience and you're in mm-hmm. and out. Uh, it's where it's not just like the 60 hour slog type of thing. Yeah. Uh, The one thing, one knock, I guess I could say is like the DLCs come out and I haven't heard amazing things about it. It did seem like it was a little middling. Yeah. Uh, But I am very excited to see where this is going to go without spoiling it. Someone else is now going to be involved and that is going to be very exciting to see what just happens. makes me so much more excited. Yes. I can't. Oh, God, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. I hope that's a launch game. Um, I mean, it could be 2017. <laughs> yeah. Three years. They could. What is Insomniac has done the last. Or... That's what I'm saying. And it would that would be fucking nuts. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That, yeah. So we'll see. It's possible. It is possible. Um, do you want to just kind of include these next two together, Uncharted 4 and The Lost Legacy? Or do you think yeah, they I, warrant two conversations? I mean, they kind of do warrant two conversations, but they're both amazing. They're both excellent games. Yes. I fucking... Oh, I thought about playing Lost Legacy again recently. Because it's just, just because the perfect length. It's just like a movie. It's like a perfect length that was like, oh, I'll go through that fun experience again. Mm-hmm. Four is like really good, but it's longer. So it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, I'd have to really commit. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like 14 Whereas, hours where Lost Legacy is like a six, seven hour just tight experience. Yeah. Uh, but oh, oh, fuck. God, I love Uncharted 4. They... And I know people like to go and, and like some people are weird and shitty about Uncharted because of the way the shooting feels and stuff. Right. Four definitely made the shooting a lot better. But it's one of those things where it's just like the set pieces and just all of it is it's such a fucking adventure. Oh boy, it's such an adventure, but like forget all the adventure. I mean, like sometimes the quieter moments are the best moments, like the couch sequence. Oh my god. Just sitting on the couch. I remember that was one of the few moments in video games where I actually like got up and was like, this isn't real. (laughs) Like this looks too fucking realistic. Mm -hmm. Look at the motion capture on their faces. This is like, is this live action? right now For, like it that scene is fucking insane forget the way they look just the way they act and their facial expressions which i know is part of the look but like it's just like two people having a conversation 
yeah, it's a it, couple it, having a conversation. Oh. It, <laughs> and then you play Crash Bandicoot. Mm-hmm. What a great oh god! And then like it's actually set up that you can't actually beat her her um her score, I guess. Yeah, but like, but like that's kind of just like added to adds to the experience because like then there's a little banter of him making jokes about like you know climbing and shooting, uh, but. Uh, it, it yes this is just for me this is one of the best games of the just, I, I love this game and they somehow m- found a way to bring in a character that no one knew about a brother make it believable and like make him fit into this story as well I mean it's just all just so well done yeah and I, I mean it does such a good job of being the ending of that uncharted saga yes i mean like like that ending i will never forget the ending of uncharted 4 man (laughs) they a lot of not just video games like movies books tv shows they drop they fuck up the ending Oh, always. It, it, where this this ending was perfect. I wouldn't change anything about this ending. No, I wouldn't either. I just remember while it was happening, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I love everything that's happening. I love yes. this game. Mm-hmm. Look at this dog. Mm-hmm. Look at how real this dog looks. I fu- oh. oh, and they got, like, kids. Like, they, they modeled kids and made them uh, look like normal kids. And... Yeah, they didn't look fucked up mutant people. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it just so many things about it and and so then then they go and they make the lost legacy which was which was originally supposed to be dlc and then they broke it out into its own thing because it got bigger than they had anticipated but that is just another incredible standalone adventure that deals with two other characters and does an amazing job of personifying them as well. Uh, yes, because Chloe, everyone was kind of disappointed that Chloe was not in Uncharted 4. Yeah. And then they took one of the uh, prote- uh, the antagonists in Uncharted 4. And, yeah, and Nadine, and Nadine. made her a uh, compelling character as, as well. Yes. And then they brought in not to spoil it, they brought in another character from 4 and made him fit into that story and it also like uncharted i think is just like it's not hilarious but there is definitely a humor to the game to the game yeah and like humor is super hard to do in video games and i get that but i think that a lot of the humor in uncharted does work and i think a lot of that is due to the fact that they do motion capture and the actors are usually together doing motion capture together so so like they have that so like when there is banter they're the the actors are in the same room acting it out and i mean they're just bantering together and it just it just works yeah definitely and i mean you want to talk about great looking games i mean i just they are incredible looking games as well naughty dog has unlocked the secret potential hidden inside the ps4 that no one else has quite been able to (laughs) uncover yet no and that's why, like, I, sometimes I watch the trailers for The Last of Us 2 and I'm like, what are you, <laughs> what black magic are you guys fucking working on over there? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, the the original Last of Us was like that as well for the PS3. It was, yeah. I That was a very late PS3 yes. game and it just was like, wow, this is uh, fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. 
and that was one of those things where even the, the PS3 was so hard to code for and develop games for, but they still killed it with Uncharted 2, 3, and uh, well, The Last of Us. Yes. So. Uh, they definitely did make fewer games this generation, but like, I think just better quality games. At least so far, they have. Uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of balances out for me because I mean, uncharted two right. and the last of us were fucking wild. So <laughs> yeah, we're like, for me, like I think uncharted four is just a step above. I think it's just a better story. The, the... I guess, but I mean like at the time, you I also don't have the context no, of no, no. uncharted three at the, t- or uncharted two at the time it was mind blowing. was unfucking believable. Right. Especially com- when you compare it graphically to uncharted one, Ooh, it's crazy no and I, I i completely understand like the merits and everything but like i i think they finally started hitting their stride with storytelling uh with the last of us yeah definitely and that transferred over into uncharted 4 that's all i'm saying yeah, yeah. and then obviously the lost legacy is just a well well just as we said like very well paced game yeah definitely and then that leaves the last one on the list until dawn which, which we, we talked about a little bit earlier which yeah. we already kind of talked about so mm-hmm. um unless you have uh anything else to add I, I mean yeah not really i guess we're ready to move into the final part where we rank uh before we do mm-hmm. um well I, well before we will really kind of rank or anything uh don't think about me and what what you think I will say. Like gut reaction, where would you put PS? Like put Sony? Would you put them above Nintendo or below Nintendo? Uh, I would put them below Nintendo. Okay. Um. Yes. I I don't know if you really wanted to, but like I kind of went through and did the same thing that I did with Capcom. Did like uh, game after game. Yeah, just kind of comparing the two. As I said, I don't know if that's something you want to kind of do again, or if you're feeling pretty good about putting Nintendo at the top. I mean, I personally, I would put Nintendo at the top, but like, I can see where you or someone else would say that they like Sony's games better, right? But I think that, like, in a comparison, it really does depend on who you are as a person. And see, like I did the comparison for myself as well. And I found that I probably did like more Nintendo games. Okay. I, I mean, that's fair. I Nintendo also had more games, right? So it's, it's one of those things. that's kind of weird. And I, I personally like more Nintendo games, but like, that's not to say that, Sony didn't have incredible games well, over the course of this generation. And that's kind of where like I'm torn because like I would say I liked more Nintendo games, but I loved more Sony games. See, and like I whereas I don't feel that way. Like yeah. I love way more Nintendo games than I love Sony games. Like on this list, I mean obviously like God of War, Uncharted 4, Spider-Man, uh, and even Gravity Rush too, but like outside of that, for me, none of them were ones that I like truly loved. Right. In fact, there were some that I truly hated. 
Yes. But I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to go by that. I yeah, Death no, Stranding yeah, yeah, yeah. can go live off in its own planet for all I give a shit. <laughs> like that still doesn't even come close to like, you know, making it not a good yes. showing or anything. So yeah, that's where one of those things where it's hard because like, I definitely like, obviously like smash brothers breath of the wild odyssey like all Fire so Emblem. many things yeah like i love all those games so and that's kind of like and that's where i'm torn here because like god of war spider-man uncharted for horizon zero dawn i yeah, would well and like horizon zero dawn's like your favorite game of all time though you know what i mean but like my point is like i those four games i like more than any nintendo game and i know that's probably crazy to you but then, like, I mean, to to me, but everybody has their own personality right. and opinion. I can't tell you you're wrong. Well, that, and but that's kind of like, <laughs> but then, like, after that, like, I Infamous is okay. I like the Lost Legacy a lot. Ratchet and Clank, I like a lot. But then after that, like, I don't like any Sony games. And I could probably list off about ten Nintendo games I liked. I don't necessarily love any of them, but I like more of them. So it's kind of well, except for Link's Awakening. I really did love uh, Link's Awakening. Yeah, uh, but. It's so that it's just kind of one of those cases where like, should my love of these like four games outweigh <laughs> the sheer magnitude of liking Nintendo? I, I so like to me like I'm kind of like counteract and just kind of balance out. And then if you think Nintendo's higher, then I guess like I cancel out, and then your opinion would put Nintendo higher. That's at least what I. I mean, yeah. If I if I was gonna do it, I would say that Nintendo is number one and mm-hmm. Sony is number two. I uh, and I mean, like, that's fine. I I will fight you to the ends of the earth if you put like Sony below two. But like, no, I can't do that. I can't. I can't. Like I. Well, but but like I can't do that. I mean, I love Capcom games, right. but you think about that, and like, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I love Monster Hunter. Don't get me wrong. No, I, I get it. <laughs> but I mean, none of that, just Monster Hunter doesn't even come close to what I feel mm. about right. Spider-Man or Uncharted 4. Right. So like, so it's, yeah. I will, and Sony uh, just has more great games than Capcom in general. Yes. I will live with uh, Nintendo being one. Because like, this is okay. our list. And yeah. so like, if like, this is my list, like, Nintendo at the end would probably be like four or five, which I know is like yeah. insane to you. <laughs> like you like probably can't comprehend, but like your I mean, love of that... Nintendo is just like forcing Nintendo away at the top. And I can't, I can't fight that. Yeah. And I get that. I'm perfectly fine. Accepting Sony at number two. That's, that's something. Okay. I'm okay. With. What do you, what is, what is its grade? Oh, it's an S. I okay. I am not willing to S for Sony. S for Sony. <laughs> unless you unless you <laughs> No, I just didn't know. I just didn't know what you were going to say because okay. I was like I would say an S. Okay. But yes. if you feel differently, I don't you know. I mean like I, it, I yeah. When I and I don't know maybe at the end we do do like now that we've kind of gone through all the games I have an idea of what we could do at the end, but like mm. if I made a top 10 list, I all four of those games would make my top 10 list. And yeah. I don't think a single Nintendo game would make my top ten list. So, oh, I think most of mine would be. So that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's just kind of like uh, <clears throat> where we're at with that. But yes, I I do think yeah. Sony has to be number two at least. Well, it's okay because Electronic Arts didn't deserve to be on no. the list. El- Electronic Arts is now off the list, <laughs> and list is already better for it. 
It definitely is. <laughs> now if we can just get rid of Activision, it'll be just the best. Bethesda's gonna make it. God, it will. That's <laughs> fucked up. Uh, but, it's fine. Uh, well, we'll see. We still have Square Enix. And that's a big, that's a big, like, who knows what's going to happen with Square Enix. So I, I mean, I have a pretty good idea, but. Uh, but uh, now that we've kind of done that, I guess we'll just uh, run down the top 10 and we will then call it an episode. So at yeah. number 10 is Activision. At number nine is Blizzard. At number eight is Chucklefish. At number seven is Bethesda. At number six is Bandai Namco. At number five is 505 Games. At number four is Sega. At number three is Capcom. Number two is Sony. And number one is Nintendo, which I think it's safe to say that our one and two are pretty much locked at this point. Uh, I would say so, yeah. Because like, I if um, I couldn't get Sony above Nintendo, I'm not going to get Xbox above Nintendo. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, but you, to be fair, you feel very strongly in comparison to me about Xbox games in general. Yeah, but I'm not so, going to get it above Sony. Uh, but it, I'm not. I would. Well, I mean, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's above Sony. I'm not. Nintendo, it, but that's. I don't think I can get it above Sony myself. Like for myself. So like. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to convince you that it's better than Sony and Nintendo. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I have a pretty good idea of where Square Enix is going to be. Okay. So I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> uh, because as much as I love, well, sorry, as much as I used to love Square Enix, mm-hmm. dude, what a shit show. They have Marvel Avengers. What a fucking shit show. <laughs> I'm going to play so much Final Fantasy before next week. <laughs> Which is, oh my God, we're doing Square Enix. Yeah, so. I know. Okay. So it's a good, good, perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Ugh. All right. Well, with that, that'll do it for us this episode. Uh, as always, theme song Sting Operation by the band Anamanaguchi. You can check them out. And we will be back next week when we talk about the marvels of Square Enix <laughs> during oh. this past generation. Peace out, guys. <laughs> <laughs>